Good evening, everybody. Episode 61 of So What's Been Happening, the big dance, we're calling this edition, the grand final, AFL grand final edition. Uh, super exciting photo at the back of me. Um, it was a long time ago, 1964. Um, it's a long one if you're looking up the history books. Yeah, I've got to flick it back. I'll back a lot of pages. Um, so it's grand final eve, eve right now. Two days before the big one, well, one and a half days if you count the sleeps. So this is an exciting one um, where I, I'm absolutely pinching myself thinking that uh, our boys are there right now. Um, it's an exciting time. It's a grand old flag. It's a high-flying flag. It's the emblem for me and for you. It's the emblem of the team we love, the team of the red and the blue. Every heart. enough of that rubbish um let's get into it let's get into it and bring up the boys who's first i think we'll bring up the monty meanderer first how are you mate love it to Welcome. see that the lid is well and truly off mate it's yeah, in the stratosphere loan it, it to the Scheisenhausen as Rex <laughs> Hunt uh this is an exciting time grand final week i haven't been here for a while Look, to, to state the bleeding obvious, it's been a big week in Melbourne for monumental reasons and a, and a, a number of reasons with a little earth shake the other day. Now, I think everyone believes, I know it's over in WA and I'll do a great job with it, I think, but it's now on. As you said, one and a half sleeps, depending on what side you back for and how much you love it. There'll be a lot of people like your good self, I think, who actually won't do a lot of sleeping, especially possibly Friday night. Yeah, I was going to say, it's possibly no sleep. It's probably no sleep if you don't go to bed. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's an exciting time. Who would have thought that uh, this venue is going to absolutely light up shortly in Perth? Um, It's an exciting time. I'm so, well, one part of me is disappointed, but the other part, uh, it's a fan, going to be a fantastic spectacle to watch on TV with the family. Um, and, to you know, as we know, grand finals are really hard to get to. And getting to them is one thing. Getting your whole family into them is another thing. So that was always going to be a challenge anyway. So I'm actually looking forward to just kicking back, watching it on TV. Um, I'm super confident uh, at the moment. Um, day by day, the more I break it down a little bit in my head. Um, uh, I mean, why shouldn't no, I? No, lid off, mate. Confident? Lid off. Absolutely. And <laughs> the, speaking, the, the uh, biggest thing I've found today that I've really enjoyed, and I know we're going to bring on another great man in a minute, is yep. people are saying to you, what are you doing on Saturday? I'm watching the grand final, which to me, fantastic. That's a good result. So you've got to yep. give importance to the AFL and whoever that that's what we're doing. But let's, yeah, well, let's bring up our next after, little mate. After a little scare today, um, it all got a little <laughs> bit nervous there for a while. And hopefully, hopefully we can rest easy overnight. But uh, 
Talk about great men. This one is centimetre perfect. Alan Love, how are you, mate? Welcome. Good, mate. How are you? Good, mate. Hey, I'm just gulping down a, a, a piece of burger there, mate. It's great to see on a Thursday mate, night. Um... Normally, normally uh, well, it's normally fish and chip shop night is normally reserved yeah. for Friday night. So good to see. Uh, washing it down with a cold one as well. I was going to say cheese, Hello. by the way, mate. Let's yeah, have the first the Joe Demons. Get on board. Yeah. Go. Give them hell. Give them hell. Have Give a look that. at that. They're, they're, I, I, look, I, I think the lid has been lost for about two weeks. So uh, have you located the lid at all? Gone? Permanently gone, I'd suggest. So, I've, um, I've, thrown, it, I've thrown it far enough away uh, that it, the lid can't get come back on. So that's when you know you're, <laughs> you're in grand final week and you're excited. Uh, we've had to wait two weeks. Which is abnormal, no doubt. Yep. Um, the, inter- yep. the interesting part to chat about is whether it's whose advantages are going to play to, if it's an advantage at all, or what what it's end up being. So um, let's get into it. We've got a couple of special guests coming on tonight as well, which is exciting. Um, we're looking at about uh, quarter past seven and about seven thirty. So we're going to break that up a little bit, and then we'll see what happens after there. We're not going to set a time limit on tonight's show either. We're just going to see how we roll and. Who knows? We could be watching a few classic games, mate. We might watch the 2000 uh, grand final. Well, actually, we won't be watching that. Let's be honest. <laughs> no, no, I think we could probably have a look at it and have a learn from it. Exercise well, some demons. Yeah, well, yes. there's been right behind me is uh, was the last time we we uh, stood there and, and held up the cup. Um, it's been a long time between drinks and, and just touching on uh, that and one of the great men from those days was the great Ronald Dale de Barassi. So, shout out, quick shout out to Big Ron. Um, I know this is an exciting time for all ex demons, that's for sure. I wish it was him giving them the cup. I wish it was him giving them the cup if they win it. Absolutely. Well, let's start there. Why don't we start there? Um, we all he know would have been that, perfect. Uh, Ron, correct. Ronald we all Dale. Know that these, these are the two chosen men, Chris Grant. Obviously, the Bulldogs happened to get it over the line, and Gary Lyon uh, on um, respecting all ex-demons um, and friends and family and everyone else that's come on board before him. And I think, um, you know, Gary Lyons, to be honest, has always had mixed reviews from internally and externally in amongst Melbourne people um, and other supporters, I guess. Uh, I always thought Gary Lyon was, was a champ to me, uh, the number three. Um, any sort of all any of those players that wore one to nine were always in originally perceived as some of the best players that got those early numbers. Um, and there's Gary Lyon was no doubt one of those. Um, look, he's he's probably been polar, uh, dividing with some people along the way. And um, yeah, I, I can't say much more than that. And hopefully, uh, he was involved, you know, he's very involved at the club a few years ago. In, when the club was really down, to be fair, down on their knees. Um, and he helped rally ex-demons, um, old friends of the club, faces of the club to get back around it and help support it. So he's been very influential in getting up getting up this club from from uh, from nothing back up into the big time. So that's an exciting time, that's for sure. Yeah, look, for me, um, with Gary Lyon, uh, it's a shame that, there are Melbourne people out there that don't recall or remember him purely for his football genius. 
Um, now he he before this current crop of Melbourne players, I would have thought that only David Neitz was probably a more influential, better player than Gary Lyon since before Robbie Flower. Um, you put Gary Lyon in your best five players of all time, but yeah, it's interesting. A lot of people also recall Gary Lyon uh, with what he was doing off field. Which has hit particularly in the last 15 years. Yeah, he's improved it a little bit over time. Um, but, you know, there's also been some incidents that, you know, certain appointments and and the like where he's stuck his finger in, he shouldn't have. Um, and I think that's rolled a few people up. And that's why I do say <clears throat> it would have been great if it was Ronald Dale. Um, again, it's just a shame that COVID's ruined that opportunity because I think if the grand finals at the MCG, there is absolutely no shadow of a doubt. It would have been the great number 31. Um, but it is Gary. Good luck to him. Good luck to the Ds. The other one, uh, Chris Grant, you cannot find a nicer bloke. You can't find a better player. You can't find a better club representative for someone than the great Chris Grant. He's just the epitome of what a nice fella is. And, um, you know, if, if the Dogs win it on Saturday, pretty good representative, I would have thought, for, for that club. Yeah, look, boys, I, look, I echo both the sentiments there, especially on the Gary Lyon situation. Look, obviously, us being the vintage that we are, we were lucky enough to see Gary Lyon, the footballer, before he became Gary Lyon, the football commentator, outside influencer, so to speak. And he was, as you said, Lovey, he was a champion footballer at a club that hadn't had a lot of success, and he stood tall and, like, there was a game, I think, a, a final we kicked 10 goals. Now, that's not a dud act. That's a, that's a champion footballer. To quickly touch on Chris Grant, I'm pretty sure that he lost a Brownlow medal because he tripped somebody. Now, the way he handled that, because if you remember at the time, that was the early days of TV, but they, were, they did have a camera in his house and whatever. He took it like water for ducks back because he, he, he didn't make it about him. He was part of a team. So, look, I think he's fantastic. I'm with you. Ronald Darbarassi, grand final in Melbourne, he's the logical choice. But I think they've both represented their clubs as footballers extremely well. So they're good choices in that regard. Yep. Righto. We're going to go to an ad. <laughs> we should get sushi, Colonel. One of the great ads, that's for sure. And uh, let's bring him up quickly. Uh, the man the man behind some of these great ads, he's been a superstar for us and he's been a blessing to he our is. show. Hey, Cosmo. MVP, hey, mate. Welcome back, mate. Have a look, look at, at him. him. Have a look at the lid. Have a look at that. How you going, gents? How are you, Cobber? All the better for right, seeing your smaller face, mate. I'm all right, buddy. It's good to see uh, Cousins on the bandwagon. And, mate, I'd, nothing beats an EJ Isolation Sessions hat and a Beatles T-shirt, lovey. That's beautiful, buddy. Thank you, my best, too. Bit of red, bit of blue, bit of white. Nice, nice. And always good to see you, Dish It. No way, Dave, I've, I've got to be honest, mate. I can't watch ads anymore, what I call the fake versions, because... <laughs> Your lovely family, they've you've got it covered. And as for your kids, <laughs> y y your kids and your, your your mother's face in the Franco Cotto ad was gold. Oh. Looking at you, you have to say, what are you doing to me, David? And why yeah. am I here? 
It's all, it's, it's, I think that's been the enjoyment uh, of doing these things. It's, it's all been unplanned and unexpected. And, and that one with mum, I just sort of, I'll pop in to see her every second day. Um, and my brother's every other day. She lives around the corner. So, you know, she's in her, she's in her mid eighties now. So we keep an eye on her. And I sort of said to her mum, I just need you for, for 20 minutes. And um, she dived straight in, mate. She was right into it. So, yeah, look, it's just they've all just been a little bit of fun and a little bit of a distraction started as something unintentional. And it's kind of, as I say, grown into something that as long as people are getting a laugh out of it, mate, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that. The look, the look she gave you, you know, reminded me of <laughs> a, a, a mid-80s cult movie classic with Danny DeVito. It was um, Throw Mama from the Train. <laughs> <laughs> it was just some real... Some tense bit of tenseness between you and your mum. It was just great. Loved yeah, it's it. Fantastic. Um, obviously, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, AFL, no. grand final, AFL grand finals, our Super Bowl. So we're gonna we're gonna turn these into the Super Bowl ads for us for for this week. So <laughs> here goes. Oh, good idea. Here like goes it. one of the last ones we saw before we uh, bring up our next guest. Grandsail, 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 where in Brunswick and Futsal, Franco Cozzo, have the pleasure to present to you Il Modernissimo, bedroom suites, dining room, and wonderful lounge. Why don't you come for yourself and have a look at this magnificent Il Modernissimo, only can found from Franco Cozzo. Buy from Franco Cozzo. Megalo, 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 se migliori mobili volete comprare oggi, domani e sempre. Da Franco Cozzo dovete andare. Dove? A Brunswick and Footscray. Comprate da Franco Cozzo. Oh, that, is, that is one of the greats. Mate, it, it, it's not gold. It's better than gold, mate. It's... <laughs> I think the, I, thanks, boys. I think the thing that mum really appreciated with that and I think the thing mum appreciated with that ad is what a lot of people have appreciated is you forget you've forgotten about them. And yet, as soon as you hear them, they're so part of our subconscious that bang, they're, they're, at, the, they're at the forefront of our, of our memory again. And for my mum, I know that, you know, it just brought back a whole pile of memories. Um, obviously, her being Italian too, and there's always that sort of weird connection. So, yeah, look, it's, they've been good fun. I've enjoyed doing them, and, and, and I appreciate you boys enjoying them too. You know, you know the one for me. Oh, going, lovely. Yeah, yeah the, the funniest thing I found too with them is uh, how well did your kids take to the scripting on, on, on the other ads that they did? They were yeah. on point. They were yeah, sensational. They're pretty good. They're pretty good. I've, I've, uh, Today was a bit of I, – I did one today and I'd, I'd got my boy Charlie in there and he was being a little bit resistant. So it's it's – it's not always smooth sailing, but we always have a laugh. And at the end, at the end, when we have a look at it, we're always like, "Oh, high fives! That was good fun." So, it's good. It's brought the family together a little bit in this, you know, in this shitty sort of situation we're in. Yeah. So, it's a bit of a dist- bit of a distraction. Yeah. And you said yeah. it's a great memory because it reminds me of how many people I know, Anglo-Saxon white boy here, who suddenly became the most European with the most. Magnificent Italian accents of all time because they would go comprado, comprado, the <laughs> And we forget, you know what? We we actually forget, especially us, you know, us boys and those, um, I guess, older than us. We come from that period where television wasn't, you know, we didn't have Foxtel, we didn't have fifty stations. We had three commercial television stations, and then the ABC and SBS. So television commercials were just 
you know, they were part of the, the deal, you know, of what we did. And it was half the attraction of watching TV, right? It was. It really was, you know. So it's uh, look, it's been fun, and the amount of messages and people that have reached out to say how much they've enjoyed it and offer their uh, suggestions of what ads to do. It's just been it's been really good fun. Well, so did anyone else's the other day, dad? Did anyone else's dad not let us watch SBS? <laughs> not after no. not after seven o'clock, mate. Not after seven o'clock. <laughs> you're right. No, that, that's a good question, lovey. My dad was, "What's this? What's this?" Glenn, go to bed. So he was like, <laughs> oh, so "It'd start, but as soon as it came on, no, you're going to bed." Yeah, I'm not, yeah, sure, yeah. not sure the channel ever got flicked to to channel thirty one, <laughs> even on the chance that something might not be right. Um, so uh, let's let's go with one more ad before we bring him up. Crocodile came up, got my guts out, and bit me into parts, pieces, and even my legs went that way, and even my head went that way. Mm. One of the, another one of the greats from HBA. It was an absolute ripper. Come on, Carson. The on. Get into it. Number one best ad ever. That one. Bad ad. The, the, my guts went one way and my, the, yeah the well i got a couple together. just just quickly got a couple more come few more coming this oh, week I know that, might, more. That, that might tip you over the edge to, to no. the ones you might have forgotten mate i know you might think you've got them all covered but believe me there might be a couple little gems in there okay look forward to it okay here we go boys um i'm super proud to bring on uh, a mate of mine that uh i met Oh, it'd be a few. Well, I can't even. I don't even know which year it was. It was probably around two thousand and six ish. I reckon seven, maybe. Um, uh, introduced to him through a good mate of mine, Trav Wallace, um, and proud to call him a mate still today. And an ex demon, and it's fantastic to have an ex demon player that played one hundred and three games for the demons. Here's a little. Here's a little clip. First goes for about thirty six, or maybe sixty odd seconds. From the first game. Runs to 50. He can kick, all right. He's left for the boy from Ocean Road. Great tackle by Bartram. Maybe trying to find out the goes. Welcome, a good mate of mine, Clint Bartram. How are you, champion? <laughs> very, very good, mate. You um, 
Geez, you would have had to search pretty hard to find some highlights from a uh, shitty little back pocket player, mate. But you've done well there, so flattered me. Thank you. Uh, that's all right, mate. Uh, the great part is, mate, you've you've at least got a minute's worth of footage there. I haven't got a second, so um, <laughs> it's, uh, I think the best I got was a little flash on TV, waving up, holding up a banner, mate. And uh, but I've always been there supporting the demons, and it's fantastic to reconnect to you and have you on tonight's show, mate, talking a little bit of footy. Absolutely, mate. Been looking forward to it. What an exciting time to be a demon or even an ex-demon, mate. You're always a demon. You're never an ex-demon, are you? No, you're not. It's, um, mate, it's bloody exciting. I think um, everyone who's supported, anyone who's been involved, anyone who's worked at the club, um, you see how hard um, some of those times have been. And it's, for me as a, as a past player, you know, certainly just, I'm just so proud of the way that the boys are conducting themselves and the way that they're engaging with the fans is fantastic and um, just really excited to to see what comes on the weekend and, um, you know, I'm sure they'll do us all really proud. They sure will. And um, speaking of proud, mate, uh, um, Rod Grint has worked really hard, mate. Balls Grint has worked really hard trying yeah. to pull together past players um, yeah. to the point where a WhatsApp group's gone crazy um, and got a got a truckload of old boys on it now. All all except Bevo for now. We'll keep him out of the loop <laughs> for another couple of weeks or a week maybe, and then we'll I'm sure we'll drag him in after that for a chat. But um, how good is it, mate, to reconnect to some of the old boys? Oh mate, it has been going ballistic. I've um, the last probably two weeks uh, since it started. I think there's I looked today. There's about 150 um, of the old boys on there. And it is just banter central. There's just photos going left, right and centre of uh, footy trips and uh, old playing photos. they got the mullets out with all the old boys. And it's um, it shows you how much pride there is in the club. It's, you know, we, we talk about all the time how rich Melbourne's history is. Um, and, you know, even though there's been a lack of success for, for a fair while, it still doesn't take away from the camaraderie that you find in football clubs. And, I think that's what's the best thing about uh, certainly my journey through the Melbourne Football Club was you just meet some amazing people on and off the field. You know, as you said um, before, you know, I was lucky enough to um, meet yourself early days and uh, you took me under under your wing and tried to give me some fashion advice, which um, from a boy from Geelong didn't um, didn't go too well. But um, <laughs> I still keep, still keep rocking the baseball hats, mate, and that's all, uh, that's all my fashion sense has gone to now. Uh, that's all right, mate. Uh, yeah, at least you got options underneath that head, mate. Um, a couple of boys <laughs> on this show don't have too many options, and the hats uh, are not a part of the deal. And speaking of our good mate, we wear hats are part of the deal. Uh, lovey, how are you, mate? Uh, this is Clint. Clint, good to meet you, mate. How you going? Very well, mate. Yourself? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. First of all, what, what possessed you to go and take fashion advice off this clown? It's... It, uh... <laughs> Well, it was early there? days. I'll tell you what, it was when um, peroxide mullets were, were in back in the day, 2006, circa 2006, the fluoro tops were rocking from travesty. And um, so to say, <laughs> mullets, looking back through some of the photos, there's some there's some regrets with hairstyles and there's some regrets with the uh, the type of shoes and jeans and bloody everything else that I was wearing. So it's, uh, well, it's the funny whole, looking the whole travesty, The whole travesty T-shirt thing, we blame Nathan Brown for all that anyway, don't we now? Oh, well, you have to. Him and Delidio. Yeah, clowns. Just why do it? Why do it? <laughs> yeah, I was say, um, uh, Nathan Brown was one of the pioneers, mate, in, in that 
old-fashioned space until uh, until we got involved and created a brand called Travesty, and um, it was a fantastic ride along the way. Um, who would have thought, mate? Back in those days, you could charge eighty bucks for a t-shirt, mate, and uh, they ended up <laughs> writing a song about it. And so it was it was good days, mate. Uh, It'd be about 140 bucks with inflation now, wouldn't it? Yeah, they are. Uh-huh. It's the weird part is, the weird part is, mate, they've actually become retro and collector's items now. So it's hilarious to see them uh, in some shops uh, that that we used to uh, print some of these. So let's bring up another fella, um, the Monty Meandra, Glenn Lovin. Curran, how are you, mate? G'day, Clint. Welcome to the show, mate. Now, unlike Aaron and Alan, I have no fashion sense, but I still have my own hair. <laughs> they won't take off their hats. Mate, congratulations, one, on your career. I just, As you were talking, I wrote down four words, which I've been around footy a fair while, as as lovey, as as as, and it was great to hear you say them. You spoke about pride. You spoke about them being engaging, the history of the club and camaraderie, and I think it's fantastic. You as an ex-player still speak about a place where you haven't played at for what, nearly nine years about that. Yeah. So I think once you're a part of an organisation, whether it's sport or work, I think it's great that to come on, mate, and you're humble. Like, we saw your highlight package, mate. Between all of us, we even played a game of AFL football, mate. So be proud of what you've done, buddy, and thanks for coming on. Uh, far too kind, and it's my absolute pleasure coming on. It's uh, it's a passion. I love talking about footy. I love talking about Melbourne and uh, more than happy to help out uh, my mates like AC. So absolute pleasure, boys. Good to see. Uh, let's let's see, bring um, up, uh, just before we do, mate, we're going to run to one more, one more ad while we <laughs> keep the ads rolling. <laughs> Dad, why did they make the Great Wall of China? That that was during the time of Emperor Nazi Goring, and uh, it was to keep the rabbits out. There's too many rabbits in China. <laughs> sure, surely you boys have to run with the "It's a big ad, the beer ad." That's one of the most iconic ads you'll ever see. Oh, yeah. We'll get- We'll, we'll, we'll leave that go. up to Dave because Dave's the director. So there you go. Pending, the people pending want COVID. Dave. G'day, Clint. How are you, buddy? Nice to meet you. Or nice to meet you all, be it uh, on the on the interwebs, mate. It's um, it's a pleasure to meet you and welcome you. You too, mate. You too. But a big fan of your work as well. Thank you, mate. And the uh, the big beer. It's a big beer. Has uh, has been suggested to me by a few different people um, for the potential. Size of the production concerns me a little bit. It was a big <laughs> bastard of an ad that one. Um, but no, it's a bit. I'm, I'm running on a shoestring budget here, mate. Don't worry about that. So, but no, I, I appreciate the tip. Dave, could Dave, could we get around the budget thing? Maybe the, the so these protesters instead of using the fluoros, and if they want to earn a bit, you know, five bucks for the whole day, and we're getting nothing at the moment. Maybe we use them for the ad. Now we're talking. Now we're thinking. Oh, there we go. Yeah, that way, that way, that way, society will feel better, a bit better about them as well, and they're, they're yeah. into a great cause. Yeah. No, I, I, we'll I might try to, tap. In. Let's have a chat I'll to try. To, I'll try tap into it. I'll see how I go. Yeah. Get back to us in a week, Dave. Would be good, mate. We'll do. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's keep this moving. Um, 
for uh, as we go. Uh, Clint, I wanted to catch up with you, mate, and talk just a little bit about the modern day demons, mate, and what you see out there and how, I suppose, how different are they um, than back in the good old days between 2006, 2000 to 2012. Um, you guys did a lot of the hard work, grunt work, um, never got rewarded, uh, sadly. Um, but the demons of today are, are a special breed, aren't they? They are, mate. They've got some incredible players that, you know, all, all across all lines as well. They've got really strong defence. Their mids are arguably the best in the game and um, their forwards seem to just get their job done, even though, you know, there's not a lot of uh, massive names that sit down there. But you can see there's a belief in the game style. I think you and I spoke about it today, AC, in the sense of Goody sort of come in and... Obviously, very successful in his own career. He's seen. He's a he's a scholar of football, and I think it's pretty clear that um, you know he's analysed finals football. He knows what uh, it takes to win, and I think you know sometimes it takes a little while to get buy in from players, um, and sometimes it doesn't click straight away either. You know, you can try as hard as you want, um, but sometimes things don't go your way. Teams are better, and uh, you might not execute well, but. It seems that the boys have got a, a real sense of confidence about themselves and a real sense of confidence about um, their game style. And for me, it's one that just stacks up in finals footy. It's contested. Uh, it's get the ball forward, and um, it all starts with their defence. The pressure on the ball. As soon as you, as soon as you can turn the ball over high up the ground, it's um, you know your chances of scoring are so much higher. So I reckon Goody's um, he's got him playing the right brand of footy, and now it's now it's about execution on the weekend. Do you think they're, they're the thing I watch them this year especially is all that, as you said, Clint, but they seem to be really enjoying their football. I know that seems like a simple thing to yeah. say, but if you're enjoying what you're doing, they're smiling, they're happy, it makes the other stuff, what is considered the harder stuff in football, easy to do. Did you find that yourself in your career and also watching these guys now as well? Oh, absolutely. I you know, it's funny. You can kind of take things a bit too serious um, once you're in that bubble system. And for me, my two best years of football were my first year um, and the year when I knew I was probably going to retire. Um, and they were just because, for me, it, it was about having fun. And that's what I ultimately was playing football for in the first place, was to enjoy it. Uh, and secondly, you're striving for success as a team. And uh, my first year, 2006, um, we had a fantastic season. Even, you know, the first half of 2017, uh, sorry, 2007, um, we were sitting inside the eight most of most of that year. So um, it's, you know, a lot of it is confidence. A lot of it is just enjoying where you're at. Um, and I think when you're winning, it makes things easier. Uh, but it's pretty clear that the boys love playing together. There's, you know, they look like a close group. Uh, I think they've got a lot of guys in the same age bracket, which which obviously helps from a social sense. But um, for me, I'm absolutely, um, you know, I'm thrilled for these young guys who, you know, get to put this on the resume. I'm envious, you know, envious as all hell that uh, I never got to do it. Um, but it's going to be incredible for them on the weekend. But yeah, just, just from a... Uh, from just a, one from sec. A, um, one sec. I just wanted to mention one comment um, from Jace, a good mate of mine as well. It's been a demon for as long as I have, if not a touch longer. Um, so it was quite quite refreshing to hear Clint speak. It's just not the standard usual stuff that the commentators say. And and 
sadly that a lot of the boys are very media driven with the media. So Clint, it's really good to uh, to open up a little bit about and talk at you know what it was really like at the club and all those kind of days. And just a quick shout out to uh, to Robbo as well, Russell Robinson, who's doing some amazing stuff right now, grabbing back some past players. He's actually on right, live right now, but don't turn over and don't go to Robbo's show, <laughs> even though uh, even though it's a ripper tonight. Um, it's definitely one I'll be is, re-watching. Is Robbo um, interviewing himself? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's, he's keeping that for the uh, for the all night session for grand final. Hang on, but uh, I think Put tonight's the on Jakovic. Put up the disclaimer because it's really good on this show, Clint. As is very good with the pressing the buttons. So if we say something that might be remotely offensive, he'll mute you or he'll put the disclaimer up. So we're pretty well covered. So mate. Say what you feel here, mate. You're amongst friends. <laughs> I appreciate that. And uh, I certainly won't be holding back now. <laughs> what I want to do is, boys, I want to pause for a bit of a halftime break here. And what I'm going to do is bring up uh, a good um, guy, an act we've had on this show before. Uh, he's so much more than an act, mate. He's an incredible music artist. And we're going to bring him up to just talk a little bit about his new uh song that he's just released today um conveniently enough so clean if you don't mind hanging around mate we're just going to put you everyone backstage for a second and we're going to bring up our halftime entertainment absolutely beautiful g'day matt how's it going good mate welcome back everyone this is matt jogow how you doing how you doing everyone thanks for uh Anyone tuning in? I was enjoying your conversation there whilst whilst doing some social media work. <laughs> no worries, mate. Yeah. Uh, and How you guys, being? You feeling good? Is that your team that's uh, playing, is it? It is Demons. my team. Uh, it's funny. Uh, they're only your <laughs> team some people if they're winning, but uh, they're my team through the, the thick and thin, mate, as, as most yep. loyal supporters yep. of any club. Um, well, even I as, even yeah. I as a New Zealander know how bad the history is of the demons in terms of your losing record. Like they were terrible for so long, mate. You Cheers, must have, mate. That, you must have been through some tough year. <laughs> yeah, we have, we have. And that's, yeah. uh, yeah. Um, it's, right it's now, been a long when life. I heard that you would, I mean, you've been doing actually quite well for the last couple of years, haven't you, to be fair. So hasn't been that bad, yeah. but before that it was terrible, right? For like a decade or more. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, not totally terrible, but definitely not not uh, where we'd like to be. Put it that right. way. Right. Yeah. So it's we definitely brighter have... days for your team. Brighter days. That's awesome. Yeah, that's right. Hopefully, this is the start of something uh, something big. Probably a little bit earlier than a lot of people had predicted. Fair to say. Yeah, um, that's by, by what I heard. It seems like, but good on you. So it's an exciting yeah. time. Uh, yeah. Matt, tell us a little bit about uh, today, mate. It's a fantastic release. Yeah, I just brought out uh, Go Ahead, Celebrate, new song, um, first track off the new album. The album won't be out for a while, but uh, yeah, there it is there. Go Ahead, Celebrate. Um, that shot was taken here in Melbourne at Luli's Tavern uh, with my buddy Ben Mastwick, and um, it kind of, I thought it summed up the vibe of the song and uh, just trying to... Um, celebrate the little things because uh because you know if you don't do that you don't have much these days you know you gotta celebrate whatever you can um i love how uh lovey has said even the kiwis know i think that's 
<laughs> Talk about the D's, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, that's right. We I remember when I that... first moved here to Australia and y'all were trying to convert me to the demons and I'm like, I'd like to pick a team and they're like, pick pick yourself a team and something. And I'm like, oh, I don't really mind. I just, you know, whoever. And they were like, come, come, come be, come support the D's. And I'm like, oh yeah, coming from New Zealand, you know, like we have the All Blacks and stuff. Obviously win all the time. And then I have the Highlanders down where I'm from, Rugby Nation, obviously. But anyways, I digress. So I'm sitting there and they're like, come join, come join these years ago. And I had a look and I'm like, you guys bottom of the table. Why the hell why would I join your team? Like, like, are you serious? So it's pretty funny. I'm like, I'll sit on the sideline to be honest. I'm I'm right. I don't be picking no, I mean no losing teams. But look at that. If I'd stuck it out for all these years. That's right. Finally, be, we'd finally be getting there. So that's it's funny. Right. Yeah, that's even it. the Kiwis know. Yeah, even I mean, I'm I'm a Melbourneian, so that's why I know. That's why I know. You know. There you go. I'm attention. just going to bring up, bring up the boys for a quick hello. Yeah. How are you, fellas? Hey, Matt. Matty, how are you, mate? mate? Good, mate. Good. <laughs> your, football good education, you, mate. your football education is elite. Don't worry about that, mate. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, great. I know a little bit. Little bit here, yeah, and there, you know, so, for a little while. <laughs> yeah, it is different when you don't grow up with a sport, though. You know, like, I mean, it's just different, you don't understand it the same way, I don't think. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, you make you've got a beautiful voice and you're an immaculate songwriter, but you can't sit on the fence, mate. You've got to get off the fence <laughs> and just make a call. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, I'll have to think about that. It's funny because. It's uh, I've lived in some different cities, right? Like I lived in Vancouver for a bit and they take their ice hockey real serious, real serious. And obviously New Zealand, they take their rugby real serious. And uh, yeah, footy is the same here. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. And then there's the league up north, right? Up in Queensland. They're all about the league, aren't they? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, yeah, New South, would you say, is a bit of a mix? Great, lucky enough to have a great Melbourne team um, playing league as well, the great Melbourne Storm. So True, sure that's, that's, too, a, that's a funny thing. Like, you have the Storm here, but – and they they've won a lot, right? But, like, it's funny because in Melbourne, when I go back to New Zealand, people are like, oh, you know, the Storm and stuff. I'm like, yeah, I don't really hear about the Storm that much. You know, And, the, and they'll be like, what do you mean? Like, they're one of the best teams. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> don't hear about it that much you know it's just not a it's not a, a league uh it's not a league city really you know i think yeah, so, at the storm games there'd be a lot of kiwis there too a lot of kiwis absolutely yeah, yeah they all uh they all change jumpers for one one round a year which is the the time they play the warriors mate they all, <laughs> yeah. they all colors and and then they put, yeah. them all, put them all the storm colors back yeah. on the next week great to see yeah Hey, no, Matt, right. I, just believe, uh, I just I want to interject. Play for us, Matt. I just, I just yeah, want mate, to interject. Yeah, yeah. I should play your hey, song. Mate. I'm not here for my footy knowledge. <laughs> oh, you are. You are. Hang on. Is... Dave had a question for you, Matt, before you start. All right. Oh, not a question, more a statement than anything, just to congratulate Matt on the on the release of the song today. And um, it's always a, a, not an easy thing to do, being stuck in lockdown. To No, to, yeah. To push that stuff out and to do it so well done yeah, mate. yeah i appreciate that and, and quality as always mate well done yeah thanks you know it's uh i guess you sort of make the call 
because what we've been locked down here for like 19 months or 18 something like that so and you don't know like hopefully it ends the end of october but who knows so some things you just got to go on i've had this record Mm. in the works in the like it's been done for a while so just got to start releasing stuff and yeah obviously i would have liked to have played a proper show we tried that twice to launch it uh but these are the times we live in so bring it out digitally give people something to listen to it's available on spotify the music video was out premiered but it'll be out on my pages tomorrow and uh and for anyone who wants to hear me chat i just released a um a podcast will be linked to my stories on my facebook because i just did a bit of a podcast with a uh song versations so that was pretty cool just talking about music and all things like that but um yeah i'll just i'll play a solo acoustic this uh this new song we'll go ahead celebrate and let you guys get back to your footy chats halftime show is it halftime show sort of thing that's it it's super bowl night for us so um on record the song has an intro i'm gonna play the intro for you too about love, money, or the pain. Won't find a pretty smile like hers on a magazine. Roll the dice twice on love, do it all again. Well, listen now to twice I had to make. Go ahead and celebrate. Like we used to hate. Go ahead, celebrate, celebrate. Mm-hmm. Kept it to herself, Loretta dreams of the ocean. Like a jewel in a crown, young girl shining like midday sun. Seeing was a beautiful thing on a moonstruck boat. She wondered if the silence stretched on all that way back home. Well, listen now, oh. We've all got wounds to heal. Yeah. Go ahead, celebrate, celebrate. Like we used to hate. Go ahead, celebrate, celebrate. All right, now.
gonna taste something more. I'm gonna taste something more. Oh, darling, we've all got wounds to heal. Wounds to heal. That'll be you boys. That'll be you boys if you win, huh? <laughs> well done, mate. That was a beauty. Thanks. Beauty. Well done. Thanks Love very it, much. Love it. Um, thanks for joining us, mate. And look forward to seeing this one. What we're going to do is we're going to finish off the show, mate, and we're going to play the um, play your film clip as well. So, oh, cool. Yeah. Some, Hopefully, uh, you got the link to that. Uh, I think I had it somewhere. It was somewhere. But um, yep. Yeah. Yeah. All good. Look forward to it. And anyone that appreciate wants to appreciate it. Catch up with Matt, uh, mattjogow.music.com is where you're looking for that song. It's a ripper, mate. Talk about uh, going to celebrate. I'm going to celebrate nice and hard, mate, if we get there. You are. Uh, <laughs> we'll make sure we get you back on. That's for sure. I'll be thinking of you. All right, boys. Thanks for joining Good us, you, Matt. Thanks, Matt. Later. Thank you. See you, mate. Fantastic to see. Um, mate. What about that for ah. a bit of half time? It won't put it this way. Um There'll be some halftime action, but uh, and and we know that there's some artists being appointed, but they probably won't be as good as Matt Joe Gow, that's for sure. He's uh, he's a genuine superstar talent, isn't he, Dave? He's a beauty, yeah. No, it's um, it's always good to uh, to see Matt, and um, as I say, it's it's a little bit harder than it probably seems on the outside releasing stuff. Uh, when you're in this situation because you you just want to be out there performing is what you want to be doing um, and just not being able to do that. So to bite the bullet and release stuff, all credit to him and uh, quality stuff as always from Matt. Yeah, it sure is. And uh, quick quick ad, why not, hey? <laughs> why not? <laughs> Keep calm. Count to ten. One, two, three. Not happy, Jan! That was another ripper, mate. And uh, <laughs> quick shout-out from my lovely mum, mate, who said, classic gold. She loves the Franco Cozzo, but she uh, she knows you're a star, Cozzy, and she's so wrapped that uh, you've been able to come back on the show. She's uh, speaking of not happy Jan, mate. There was plenty of times we used to yell that out to her, mate, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Good on you, Mrs. Kozak. Always great to hear from her. Let's bring back on our main man because I know we're going to talk a little bit more footy um, and get his tips and do all sorts of things and ask him a few more questions. So let's bring him on, Clint Bartram. Welcome back, bud. 
It oh, makes me feel music. horrible when I come on this sort of stuff and people have got genuine talents and I get on and just talk shit with you boys. You've got us all covered for the footy talent, mate. But I'll, I'll shoot off first <laughs> with a question for we've, you. We've been doing that for 61 podcasts anyway, Clint. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. exactly. I'll go um, with, and thank you for the, the enlightening, enlightening discussion before, being an ex-AFL player, mate. Who is the hardest opponent you played on? Uh, the hardest player I ever played on was um, in my first year. I think being you know, a raw sort of 17, 18-year-old kid, I came in and um, Danners used to just let me play run with roles. So in my first year, he gave me guys like Akamanis and Gaz Jr. and um, yeah. a couple of those sort of guys. But, mate, by hard... By far the hardest player I ever played on was Benny Cousins in 2006. And he was literally flying on and off the field. Um, but he just, he would just run me goalpost to goalpost. And he'd have a few deep breaths and then he'd just go again. Um, and, it's I mean, it's bloody hard to play on those players, especially um, with the sort of midfield they had. Everyone just would block for him all day. Um, I've never come off more tired than I did on that Um <laughs> on the big WA ovals, it was it was a monster out there as well. Was that for hard. you though is, in your development as a player? Did you find yes, you'd come off absolutely spent and stuffed, but did then you learn yourself as a player from playing on the best? Like you said, you played three blokes. You said then, well, what triple premiership player and two Brownlow medalists, so. That's the highest echelon. So, did that make you the fact that Danners gave you the? He must have thought highly of you, mate. That, and knowing a bit of footy, you were a good player as well, mate. So that obviously made you better as well. Would you? Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think so. I think when you um, when you've got a really simple mindset in in whatever it is you do in life, Danners used to say to me at the start of the game, mate, I don't give a shit if you don't get a kick, as long as your man doesn't kick two and have twenty you'll play next week. So for me, my job was really easy. It was to just be a scragger, run around, and you inevitably get the ball when you do that anyway because these these good players just take you to the contest. They take you to dangerous spots. Um, and, you know, the boys at the top level, their skills are unbelievable. So if you're running in the right spot past this other good player, you're going to get the ball as well. So for me, it was good um, to learn the craft of, of kind of um, what work rate it took and, um, and then as a defender, I mean, I never had the skill of those sort of guys where um, they could turn a match. So I was always, I mean, always envious of it, but um, always backed myself in to, be, to beat those guys. Um, I just always had a, a bit of a mindset that I was um, I was fitter, I was stronger, um, and they weren't going to get a kick on me. So that was my mindset going into every game. And whether that was true or not, it's what I used to tell myself and uh, made me feel better about going into play on these uh, superstars of the game. Dave, did you want to ask your question, mate? Oh, no, I am. I'm on. Good. <laughs> You're so, right, Yeah. So just um, I, I'm really intrigued on, you know, Melbourne in the last four years has sort of kind of looked like Melbourne's last 20 years. They've been a bit of like that, right? So, um, but this year, I, I agree with you. From an outsider's perspective, looking at it, it just looks like Melbourne's a lot more solid as a football club. I think not just the 22, but just in general broad terms, but they did play in a prelim final in 2018. Yeah. What, 
So besides player personnel, what's actually do you know? Do you have a bit of an inside word as to what's changed between that within four years? Um, because it's fantastic, and they just look a lot more solid. But in your view, what what, what are the key ingredients that they've they've changed? Is it Goody? Is it what is it? Uh, I I don't reckon. It, I think Goody's been doing what he's been doing the whole time. Um, as I said, I think what it comes down to is. You get a buy-in, and when guys start being selfless in the way they play, like Jack Viney, who goes, no worries, I'm happy to be the more defensive mid. Um, you know, Gus and Ed that are out on the wings, they're happy playing those roles, even though they could fill you know, every other side's midfield um, should they wish. But the other big one for me in, in professional sport is most of it's up here. Um, all, like, everyone can play. Everyone's got a good game structure. It's about the confidence that you bring into a game and it's about your ability to execute when you're under pressure. And I think um, the the game plan, as I said earlier, the game plan Goody's got them playing is simple and it stands up under pressure footy. So um, those two things combined, I think it just it keeps you in games for longer um, when you're able to compete. So that's my short little take on it. Yeah, okay. That's good. And I, and I think it's pretty pretty simplistic, isn't it? That's a great – if that's the case, it's – as a well, mean, we love like overcomplicated too. Hey. Everyone loves overcomplicating, but we forget, you know, all, all those really good teams, um, their, their basic game plan was was always forward possession, keep the ball moving forward, and then trap it in your forward half because statistically you're just more likely to score. Um, you can't beat a slingshot from defence team and, and beat a lot of these other teams that are happy to put pressure on the ball and win it in the middle because... You just get exposed going the other way. And I think that's what happened a few years ago, that they were very run and gun, um, but they didn't have the structure behind the ball. And whether that's not playing um, with each other for a long period of time or, or whether that was um, you know, just being out of position, um, I don't know what the answer was to that. But that's that was my view on it anyway. Yeah. Now, the other question I've got, mate, is there's a, there's a particular felt, and I love the decision he made, by the way. I've got kids of my own. I've got three kids. The decision that Nathan Jones made last week typifies the man, obviously. Um, you would have grown up with him from a football perspective. We did both come into the system together. and I, I, You've got the floor, however long you want to talk about him. But, but Nathan Jones to you. What, what, every every footy club locally, AFL, have got these sort of players in their, in their club. What, what, what is Nathan Jones, the Melbourne Football Club, and to you or... or, or just describe him for us if you can, mate. Yeah, well, it's funny. Myself and Nate got drafted the same year, but our, um, our uh, I suppose, life paths just continued to cross when we were young. We, we ran in the same uh, national cross-country team when we were 12, I think. Uh, we ran up in yep. Darwin and then had another one in Queensland. and So we'd, we'd known who each other was. He was – I'm not even joking. He was that size when he was 12 and he was still bald as well. So <laughs> – um, he was a mean-looking bugger when he was at it, but I know, you meet it. Yeah, you, know, you meet guys along the way, and I think you've always got to respect someone who just rings every drop out. Um, and I think he's, you know, he's testament to that. He actually, um, yeah, he puts in a lot of stuff that probably most people wouldn't see. Um, and I think Jones would be the first one to put his hand up and say, you know, early days um, he wasn't a real good leader around the club, um, and. Yeah, that's something he worked on really, really hard. And, you know, to get to 300 games, it's 
unbelievable effort. I, you know, I, I sometimes think now, geez, it'd be nice to be playing and then roll out of bed and my knee creaks and my ankle creaks and my back creaks. So, you know, he's obviously been able to, to um, prepare himself for 15 or 16 years of elite level football. Um, and you can see what it means to, to have those sort of people around the club because they end up becoming a gel um, for, for you know, young guys, old guys. It, it becomes a passage on the way through. And as I said, when you see guys working hard on and off the track, that's what leaders do. They, you know, they set the standard. And I think, um, you know, the way he probably carried us or carried the club through some dark times is admirable. I'm sure he had opportunities to leave. Um, but I think like most people, you know, when, you, when you're at a sporting club, it becomes a bit like a family. So, you know, I, I can see why, um, why that probably wasn't a decision for him. He's a very loyal guy. Um, you know, obviously he's got uh, Jez and, and their beautiful family um, that he's got. So, um, yeah, he's, I mean, he's been a fantastic player. That's, there's nothing, nothing anyone can say to take that away from him. And uh, he'll go down as um, one of the greats of the footy club. Clint? Dave, you got a question, Dave? Yeah, mate. Look, I'm, I'm loving the insight on all this. The question I've got is probably the most unoriginal question I could possibly ask you, and you've probably been asked this a million times, is the best player you've played alongside when you were playing the game at Melbourne. Um, and looking through the list, yeah. there's, some fair, there's some fair players you played with. Um, yeah. from, and, and by best, you define best however you want to define best, but, but who's, who's in your book the best that you played with? Yeah, it's a good question because, um, as you said, there's some there's some serious talent that comes through a football club. Um, I was lucky enough to play with guys like Aaron Davey, who yeah. um, I don't think he's missed a kick in his life at training or in a game. He's as skillful as they get. Adam Uze is very similar, um, good at pretty much every sport there is and um, just an absolute freak. But for me... Um, Nita is hands down from a from a player, a leader, and just an yeah. all round. Like he is as good as you'll ever meet. He's um, uh, oh, I mean, yeah. my mum loves him just purely because of how embracing he was for me as a seventeen year old kid coming into a, a, a football club. Mm. Um, and you know the impact he had on me as a player and as as a man and as a leader was just unbelievable. And I and I know that was across the board when he spoke, everyone listened. Yeah. Um, and when it was time to stand up in games, um, I'm sure McCabe can tell you that um, he certainly makes his mark when he wants to, the big fella. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's interesting you're saying because when, as I don't, I don't actually, Barry from Melbourne, I'm on the bandwagon at the moment, but as an opposition supporter, when I think retrospectively of, of, um, of great captains of sides, he's one that comes yeah. to mind. You know what I mean? That That... Oh, yeah. you, just, you just know him and you know that that period, whether they won a flag or not, you know that he was a true leader on and off the field. Uh, so I'm not surprised to hear you say that. Yeah, yeah he, was ripper. The, he was a ripper. On the outside as well with him, as Dave was alluding to then, he didn't seem to be a loud person. But as my mother always said to me as a child and even now as an adult, and thankfully she's still with Going us. Going back 100 now, years. No, only 80. And Mum is a passionate Melbourne supporter and she is watching tonight, but she did to say she wouldn't comment because she may embarrass me. So thanks, Mum. But Mum always said to me, actions speak so far louder than words. And he was one of the greatest exponents of 
Yeah. Boys, jump on. And then he just wouldn't did it. A great player. Yep. Yep. Oh, yeah, he's spot on. I mean, he's um, he's someone who, I mean, again, someone who he says to himself, he was not a good leader when he first got to the club, young fella, just, you know, learning these ropes. And then um, to watch, you know, watch the impact he has on a broad group wherever he goes, when he's speaking, uh, when he's just hanging out in, in social scenes and, yeah, you, know, you can sometimes forget the the presence that some of these big guys have. Like he's six four. I remember as a seventeen year old coming in and he was benching one hundred and sixty, and I was just <laughs> trying to rack rack the single big weight on the uh, on the bench press. And uh, you know that's uh, it's intimidating and it's inspiring when you see these presences uh, walk out on the field. I don't take a backward step, so it's um, you know you you walk with a bit more confidence when those sort of guys are on the field with you. Yeah, interesting stuff. Can't Aaron's hear, got himself Aaron. on mute. Aaron's Can't got himself hear, on mute. Sorry, boys. Mate, Let's get all right. Uh, we're back. How long? Yeah, yeah, too many buttons. Good job, mate. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, righto, enough sledging. Um, let's get to the next. <laughs> let's get to the next ad. <laughs> Let me in, Sean. Let me in. No, I was in here first. Terrific, too. That was oh, dead that set, gross. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me a smile. Oh, yeah. Clint, poor Clint's been called on here. I'm going to go to this professional setup tonight and have a chat to the lads. What, what are we dishing out here, Dish? <laughs> <laughs> As I said, I feel bad coming on when people have got <laughs> these good talents, and uh, here I am just sitting. As I said, talking shit about footy. <laughs> no, not at all, mate. It's great to have you on. Just a, a shout out from a mate of mine, Jace. Um, he's mentioned who'd you follow before before Melbourne, mate? I dare say Melbourne wasn't your team as a kid. Good question. No, I grew up in Geelong, um, but funnily enough, grew up hating Geelong, and uh, my whole family was uh, Essendon supporters. And um, it's yeah. funny. <laughs> Got some happy boys in. Good news though, uh, lovey. I bloody hate Essendon now. So, um, but it's funny. As soon as you get to an AFL club, you just drop. You drop whoever it is. And I thought that. I thought that until we played Essendon, and I obviously being a you know a young fellow, I grew up idolising James Hurd. Had the number five on the back. Would pretend to be, you know, Hurdy in the backyard. And um, I remember when we were. We played Essendon, and I had to. I got switched onto him for a quarter and a half, and I was in the. It was in the second quarter. And I remember just sitting there. His ball was going up, and I was sitting there looking at him, smiling. And he looked over at me, and goes, "What the fuck are you looking at?" <laughs> <laughs> and for me, I was just. I was in heaven. I was just running away, going, "Yeah, how good is this playing on Jimmy Hurd?" And Mister <laughs> oh, wow. Hurd have the ball, have a kick. <laughs> so it was literally like I didn't want to touch him. I was like. Hey, this this guy's yeah. god. <laughs> I, I missed a little bit of that, mate, because when you said you didn't want to speak about Essendon, I had a little hissy fit and put my lens down. Were you speaking <laughs> about Jesus Christ, were you? Heard him? <laughs> oh, that's all I heard. Because yeah. Az did say to us club. that he had a guest coming on and he didn't mention who it would be, and we said, oh, fantastic. A great, good Melbourne player, can talk footy, can relate to it. Where are you and going, Dave with Cubs? Passionate bomber. 
as um I as is lovey, and we then said, at what stage can we bring up two thousand? But we're not going to bring it up though. <laughs> Oh, well, tell you what's funny. I was at that game, Barrican for Essendon, and it was one of the best days of my young life. And then um, you get to, I got to Melbourne, and I realised how much of a traumatic experience it was. To everyone. Oh, wow. <laughs> sure. Yeah, of course. How early did you yeah. pick it up? Pretty, did you pick it up pretty quickly? I picked it up quick, and then you learn not to smile when stuff gets said about you. Go, oh, yeah, no, horrible, horrible. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Don't mention the dirty word Essendon, mate, as we know. Yeah. Um, we've had some exactly. great rivalries with the Bombers, that's for sure. Um, and they're, they're coming up, mate. They're, they're catching us slowly. Um, probably a little bit quicker than we thought, actually. Oregon, the Bombers aren't that far behind us. What's your thoughts on the Bombers, mate, given that we've got three massive Bomber fans here? Just give us your thoughts on the Bombers. Oh, mate, I, I reckon they've got a really good young list. I think they're... They're probably two or three good players behind where Melbourne is. Um, but, mate, they got some guns coming through. And I think if they can keep a, a good core crop together, um, yeah, they're, they're going to be dangerous. You, you see when they start to, to get their confidence up and, um, you know, package is playing well and uh, Merritt and, uh, and uh, what's Parrish are just racking the ball up. They're pretty hard to stop in there. I, I, I've got a theory. I think get what we can with guys with some of the guys that are up over probably twenty seven by now, twenty eight. Because um, our next premiership's probably. I mean, it's all a, it's all a bit. You know, you can say all these things. You model it. We think within three years we could get one. Um, but I reckon if we can get if we can if we can somehow jag a premiership whilst Jake Stringer still at his very best. Because I think if we don't get one with Jake. I, I think we go backwards a little bit. That's how important he is to our team. Um, Who do you reckon they need from a bringing into the club? What do you reckon they need? Forward. We, need we need a big boy. We need, we need a yeah. big – we need a, either a, another key defender or another key forward. If you if we have a good key forward, you know, that means that maybe they take the best defender, which means mm. a guy like Two Meter Peter is only going to get the second or third best banana. Um, yeah. And it allows that Jones to develop a little bit further in the next two or three mm. years. You don't want to kill him too early. No, um, you know, if you get if we can somehow, and they don't have to be a superstar. I mean, no one's kicking fifty goals a season too much anymore. So, yeah, you know, look what Ben Brown's done at Melbourne. I mean, if it's someone like that who maybe is 26, 27, um, just someone who's happy to go in and crash packs and clunk the occasional mark. Just not be outmarked. That's the only thing in a in the game at the moment. If you're getting outmarked in um, your attacking fifty, it's it's no good even playing a key forward if that's going to happen. You might as well have someone who they they know where it's going to be, front and centre. All your forwards run wild. Tip and Woody, you know, he's as dangerous as they get once it hits the deck. So, yeah. well, that's, what that's what hurt Footscray in those last three games of the year. You're home and away. They were yeah, definitely. And Definitely. Turn that around the finals. So you know, you talk about that front and center thing, Clint. Like, if you can't mark it, at least make the contest. Like, mm. looking at the results of our best and fairest, and we'll, we will then move on to Melbourne because that's what it's about. But Will Snelling came third in our best and fairest. Mm. Now, unless you're a passionate Essendon supporter, a lot of outsiders wouldn't know who Will Snelling is. No, they wouldn't. They wouldn't. So that's who is he? 
Yeah, see, Lovey's our comedian as well. He thinks he is. But yeah, look, <laughs> I'm happy as a Bombers fan because I spoke to you earlier and those four words that you spoke about, I've always been proud to be a Bomber, but I watch the players. They're engaging. They're starting to talk about the history of the club and be proud of the history, all the history. Mm. And there seems to be a camaraderie, camaraderie sorry, and enjoyment and smiling when they're playing. And yeah. that's half the battle. It is. It is. As I said, it's a it's a stressful game at times. And, you know, with the media scrutiny that's on all the young fellas, you can see why, um, you know, why some of them shy so far away and why some of them just, you know, want to leave the, you know, leave the industry is because it's a pressure cooker. It's, you know, every time you go out down the street, these guys get harassed. You know, I say harassed, but, you know, everyone's, um, you know, talking to, to, to the players and whatnot these days and they can engage through social media and, you know, it's a, t- it's a tough gig. Um, you know, you put your life very publicly on show and, and I think sometimes that can get taken for granted. So I think they do a pretty good job at conducting themselves, these young guys, even though, you know, the media like to wrap over, over the knuckles when something bad does happen. Um, I reckon, you know, the way that the the broader AFL community represents the game is, is unbelievable. Yeah. That's, that's Can I just quickly ask? Oh, sorry, love it. Just while you say that, part of the reason, and as has probably told you, why we started the podcast, when we initially first went into lockdown and we wanted to speak about mental health and that sort of struggle, it's very interesting to hear you give that insight is the, the four of us as in, Dave, Lovey, as and me haven't played at that level. But what you said then, it's people don't realise, and especially now with how social media is, and even when you started with social media was around, but even mm. not to the extent it is now, that it's, it's not an invasion of their privacy because, yes, they do get compensated well. We all know that. But that mm. must be the hardest thing. And from a personal point of view, how did you, how did you go with that yourself, Clint? Oh mate, I could I could walk through a Melbourne function and not have people recognise me. So it didn't really, you know, I was probably like you snelling in the sense of, uh, yeah. you know, I wasn't a, a marquee player. So for me, I had no issues at all. <laughs> I probably, uh, to be honest, I probably get recognised now more than I did um, when I was yep. playing. Um, you know, we've got some some neighbours at our house, and and one of them's diehard Melbourne and. When we first moved in, she spotted it straight away, and <laughs> it's quite funny. Now we, now we watch a footy over at their house. Um, obviously, without COVID, um, and yeah, they're quite good to get on with. So it's uh, it's disclaimer, funny. Has, disclaimer: put up the disclaimer. Yes, yeah. yeah right. Obviously, without COVID, we go over there <laughs> with it. And with a mask on, of all, of course. Um, of Clint, course. I know you've uh, you've been super generous with your time, mate. I know I, yep. I asked you for ten or so minutes to come on and have a chat, mate. I really appreciate you hanging around. I'm sure the boys have loved having a chat to you. Uh, it's an exciting week um, as a player, past player, fan of of Melbourne. Um, I can't let you go, mate, without obviously probably a margin because we all all know who obviously you're tipping. Um, <laughs> yeah. Give us a margin and give us a Norm Smith. Oh, I reckon margin will be uh, 34 points, Melbourne. Oh, and I wow. reckon... Sheep, nice. Yeah, that's yep. that's where we're at at the moment. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, I reckon, 
<laughs> Norm Smith, I'll go. Uh, oh, it'd be, I mean, it's hard to go past Petrarca. He kicks goals, he racks the possessions up. Um, he'd have to be a short favourite for that one. And he loves he loves Showtime too, so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's not yeah. shy, the Eastern yeah. Suburb boy. He, um... <laughs> he's not at all. No. <laughs> no. Um, just, just one thing for me, mate. Uh, appease my heart and work out when's the 34 margin happen, mate? Does it happen early or does it blow out towards the end? I just need to know to give myself a little bit of confidence. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, my expert opinion obviously says that uh, it's going to be around the third quarter. Uh, <laughs> no, I wouldn't have. I, uh, I, I'm just excited about the game, mate. I hope... Uh, I hope it's a ripper, to be honest. It's um, There's nothing better than watching a good granny, um, but also there's nothing better than when your team uh, is that far in front that you just don't care what happens. I, yes. I think Aaron's going to need a 10-goal margin halfway through the third quarter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Save the heart attacks. All right, boys. Um, Clint, it's been awesome to have you on. Uh, thanks again, buddy, and look forward to celebrating with a premiership and a beer, mate. It'll be an exciting time to get back together. Sounds good bloody on you, good. Clint. Good on you, mate. Thanks, Evan. All good the best, on. mate. Thank and you. 34 Appreciate points. I'm just, I'm just going on a Matea Bear account now, mate. 34-point margin. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so now that I'm not a player, I'm allowed to gamble on games. Yeah. And, uh, responsibly. Get responsibly. Get the disclaimer. Disclaimer, Aaron. Disclaimer, Aaron. Disclaimer, mate. <laughs> All right. See you, Bart, man. Have a good one, mate. Thanks, mate. Oh, what a great chat. Um, what a start. Dave, I know, uh, I know you've got kids to put to bed, mate, so we won't keep you too long, mate. But let's let's finish it with just one more of your super ads, mate. Maybe one that you uh, – one of my favourites anyway. Sure. There's only one patented stain remover. I have one of the dirtiest husbands in not only Parramatta, I think New South Wales. When Stan comes home with his – fishing shirt on with blood and guts and grease off the rod. Uh, Wonder Soap's the only product, the only soap that'll get rid of all those stains. Sard Wonder Soap. It's so unique, it's the only patented stain remover. Wonder Soap's a marvellous product. Brilliant, mate. <laughs> Absolutely loved it. Um, one thing, Dave, I, I know you've mentioned it before, but keeping a smile oh. on our faces is so important during this time, mate, and that's no doubt what you've done. So you know, I know you've just released a couple more. Um, keep them coming, mate, while you've got some time on your hands. Uh, I know it's a it's a hard mm. time. Now it's school holidays. You get to bring the kids in as well and your wife. So I'm sure it's been a bit of fun for the family. It has, your mate. daughter, between, between your the music daughter is sensational, mate. She's brilliant. Absolutely you, right on point. Thank you, oh, mate. I, I think it. your wife done some good work too, mate. And when she yeah. with the role reversal, but yeah, all nobody's been left out. I've brought them all in, mate. Yeah, well, really when COVID's finished, let's. I reckon we do an ad together for Christmas. Oh, we've got, we got. We need a Christmas. Yeah. Start practicing the lip syncing, boys. It's all in the lip sync. Yeah, I'm looking forward. Yeah, to, I, I, I do that really well. I can bullshit as well as anyone. So lip sync's good. I'm looking so forward just before to it I do bit. go, boys, that my heart, my my head and heart says Melbourne. They're going to do it. I just, I just think it's a Monty. They're going to do it. Uh, head says they're going to similar to Clint. I think they're going to do it by about six goals. 
but my heart says, you know, we, we want a close one, don't we? We, we? we want a close one. So the heart says three points, but the D's all the way, mate. The D's all the way. Three points. I think logically in the head says a lot more, but we all want to see a close one, don't we? Who's your Norm Smith, mate? Well, again, I, I, look, I, I would have gone for, for, for track myself also. Um, so not to not to sound the same, I think it's got to be either him or or um, or Oliver um, or Big Maxi Gorn. And I think you know, I think the Bont's going to be up there. Um, and I lo- look, I love Caleb Daniel too. I think as an outsider, he's 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 every chance of doing enough in a game where he plays, especially if it's close, to maybe you know get a Norm Smith in a losing side. Yeah, no, that's an one. exciting game, mate. But uh, I know we'll shoot a few messages around on the day. Um, hopefully, you can calm my nerves a little bit. My nerves are pretty good at the moment, but we're we're over twenty four hours away. So, mate, it's, it's not seven fifteen Saturday afternoon yet. <laughs> Give them right. hell. Give them hell. Give them hell. I got to get through a storm <laughs> first. So it's an exciting time, Dave. Thanks for joining us, mate. Thanks for having me, boys. Always a pleasure, Dave. Yes, mate. Legend. All right, boys. We're not done yet. Um, no, I've got. I've got one from the. I've got. I know we've gone very Melbourne centric uh, at the moment, you know, and we've actually. That's fine. We've got one over the other side of the fence to uh, to maybe uh, maybe <laughs> argue the debate back a little bit the other way. Um, nice. Not an ex player, um, but an ex. Uh, well, not an ex. He's a current uh, superstar of enjoying the game, um, and his dad, yeah. uh, who I've worked with for a long time. Um, is an incredible game uh, mind on the game, actually. And he's talk about call it before you before you see it. He's one of those guys. Um, so he's really exciting. But we're going to bring up his son, uh, Callum, uh, in a minute. Who's a who's a mad doggy. Uh, and I thought we'd at <laughs> least try and balance balance the program a little <laughs> bit more. Um, but what? But just before we do, I'm just going to play just a little snippet of. Um, how the two the two games have uh, panned out so far this year, dogs versus demons goes for a couple of minutes. Have a break, boys. Turn up. Friday night footy doesn't come any better than this. JB one verse two. Took them on hands and spits out wide for the perfect start. And now Petrarca off the step. And I reckon the Demons have got their second. They have. It's the ball off hands. Whiteman just did it so easily and coolly. Ball pinging around early. Oliver did well. Kick of about 40 metres out. Exactly the start they want. Time to go. It is nice. Well, it might be a quiet night, but that's a big moment. It's one v two, the heavyweight champs at the moment on the Melbourne. 
Saturday night, 1v2. High ball looking for Brown. That is a very, very good mark. Daniel did well to Bottom Pally around on the left. Bottom Pally. Sensational stoppage work for the Dogs. Petrarca just gets rid of Smith around the corner. And that is just magnificent work from Petrarca. Norton in good shape, hands to it, got it. Leave as such a good exponent of that and let Bruce know. And... Liver got to Smith, 40 metres, closing, shot at goal. And Smith, no problems. That one's there. That'll do the job for Ben Brown. Floats it in the corner direction. Whiteman! What about that climb? Liberatore. Bontempelli won't miss. Siren get a sound. That is a well-earned victory. Yes, the Bulldogs aren't done yet, that's for sure. But they've said that for a few weeks. Um, the Bulldogs are coming, that's for sure. And one player featured there who's back this week um, is the other Waitman. Back as a kid, we knew the great Dale Waitman that played at uh, that, uh, the Tigers. This is a new breed of Waitman, Corey. Corey Waitman, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Um, these kids can play, that's for sure. Let's bring up uh, the other side of the argument. Uh, let's see if we can have a little discussion about what the doggies are going to bring this year um, and this week. Have they got one more in them? Cal Callum Mills, how are you, mate? Aaron, not too bad, mate. How about you? Good. Uh, welcome to the discussion, mate. This is an exciting time for both of us, no doubt. It is. It is. Thank you for having me on board. It, uh, it wasn't long um a long ago well it's starting to get a little bit longer that's for sure mm. five years now um 2016 mate just tell us a little bit about how special that was for the whole family oh, look i yeah 100 i can remember it just like it was yesterday um testament to this this year as well the last four weeks that we've had we've definitely not done it the easy way but um going through an absolute roller coaster of shipping around the country just to get back to what we did and i think the best thing about 2016 was that each week amongst the, the group themselves, all the supporters, each week we had, there was more belief. And I think going into that uh, qualifying final against West Coast, we didn't think we had a chance. And as soon as we'd blown them out of the water, we thought, geez, you know, this, not that it was possible in three weeks' time, but we thought, you know what, if we can give Hawthorne a run for their money, then, you know, we've, we've already improved on 2015 season of going out in, in the straight set. So coming back to Melbourne and beating Hawthorne, and then obviously going to Sydney to beat GWS, we thought, you know, this is just insane. So being there was, uh, yeah, remembering like it was yesterday. It was very, very special. It sure was. And just yeah. a little uh, little faux pas. It's not Corey. It's Cody. Cody, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> we've got the, we've got the, uh, the other C, Callum, um, on us on with us. So, um, Millsy, just tell us a little bit, your, bit about your old man, the passion the doggy's passion. I know he wouldn't come on the show because oh, he's yeah. a little bit gun shy, mate. But boy, does he know his footy. Yep. Oh, he does. I can say right now, there's already a few things that I'll probably pinch him 
pinch off him. Sorry, tonight being a shadow producer himself, so he's uh, he's very witty and and certainly had his his fair few seasons under his belt that he's he's seen the worst and the best of. Yeah, he sure has. And uh, Lovey, I know you got you no doubt got a question for Callum in relation to the doggies, mate. Um, and what what are they going to bring? Yeah, the um. I'm intrigued as to how you do feel. Like it, it, it must feel different knowing that the monkey's off the back from 2016. So you go into a grand oh, yeah. final and thinking, "Well, this is this is pretty good. I've already seen one of these, and I get another one. That'd be great." And we're hungry for more and more. I mean, it sets up the club nicely, doesn't it? If, if you can get it done. Yeah. Um, my question to you, mate, would be: Let's take Bond out of it. Who else? And who else? Potentially, for instance, might win the McNall Smith for the dogs outside of Bond. Who, who is the guy that takes the game by the scruff for you, blokes? Yeah, it's a great question. I must admit, I thought you were going to go along the lines of who was going to sort of lift in general. But no, you're right. Um, geez, I it is a toughie. Look, there's a few there's a few roughies in there. Um, as weird as it, and left field as it might be, I'd probably give Bailey Smith a run. I just I feel as though that each week... Um, he has picked up. He's he's definitely done some good things, and I think the the finals intensity that he's created um, has sort of shown signs of stuff like Clay Smith evolved from a couple of years ago. Um, I just I feel as though that ironically, with the last name, it's got nothing to do with it. But um, I just I feel as though he, with the determination that he's had, and particularly helping us through that that game in Brisbane, and obviously in two weeks ago against Port, he's just he's really lifted. So I think a strength of his is to is the best to come. But um, look, you could probably throw Caleb Daniel and stuff in there too if it wasn't Bont. And look, you couldn't you couldn't be gun shy of Adam Trelaw or Josh Dunkley just quietly either. We've we've got a couple in the mix, but I think those would be the standouts if Bont wasn't the choice. And um, in the event that, in the event the dogs do win it, uh, getting to the stupid stuff that blokes seem to do after they win a premiership the week after. <laughs> now. What would you think Bailey Smith will do with his hair? And what sort of tattoos do you think Liberal will come out with the following week? <laughs> what do you reckon he should get? Oh, what do you geez. think he should get? It was a bloke that I'd seen that had peaked a bit too early that got a premiership tattoo on his right buttock, if I'm not, not incorrect. Um, yep. <laughs> Liver being as random as he is, you could, you could imagine something like a Czech Republic flag just being by red, white, and blue. You, <laughs> You'd have no idea, would you? It'd be something completely left field. But, oh, jeez, yeah. I, couldn't, I couldn't tell you. I'd, I'd secretly hope that Bailey Smith had cut his hair off just so the AFL had stopped posting about him. Yep. But um, I still I still think he might keep it. I think there's a there's a roughie in there too. He might shave the sides off, but I think he'll keep the lux at the back. It's got its own yeah. Instagram page, hasn't oh. it? Oh. It's a joke, it's isn't it? Even, look, it, it was definitely funny. Uh, initially, but I think now it's just getting a bit ridiculous. Look, and look, the fact that he's playing as well as he is, I think it's keeping it quiet. But imagine he wasn't getting much of a kick, there'd be more of a talk, wouldn't there? <laughs> <laughs> mate, that's that, that's a great answer, Callum. Um, my name's Cuz, mate. Congratulations on Hi, mate. the great year for the doggies. Um, how are you feeling? And I did hear some of it in your answers to the questions that you just asked then. How did you feel at the end of the home and away season? And as to now, and I'll put my hand on my heart, and Lovey mm. is the same. We're both Essendon supporters. Everybody told us we've got the momentum, but I still think I was concerned about you or your side. So how do you feel then to mm. now? 
Yeah, look, a couple of things. Um, I must admit, that game I think we played in round 21, I believe it was. It was, it was two or three weeks before the end of the season we played you guys. That definitely wasn't part of the script. Um, I know for a fact that us dropping that game was probably the single most important thing that could have cost us um, in finals contention in general. As you had, everyone knows, we dropped outside the top four and made it really hard for ourselves. But obviously, as we said before, we know that we only do it the hard way. So what's the difference now? We've made it. But um, I think dropping the next three games, I think I actually refused to watch the Hawthorne game. And as dumb as that sounds, I just knew of our previous record of playing against either retirees or some sort of celebration game. I, I, I cast my mind back a couple of years ago. I think it was Pavlich's last game. We got beaten by Fremantle, last game of the season. Uh, Lenny Hayes got us beaten in St Kilda in one of the last games of the season, whenever it was when he was retiring. So I just, I knew for luck that when Clarkson was finishing up and Bergwijn retiring, I thought, you know what, we'll get done here. And it's exactly what happened. But um, going down to Port in that last week, um, that one, that one hurt me. And that's only because I knew how close we were. And I think by halftime, we were looking a bit ominous. Um, I can't remember who was down or who was out of the side, but I know that for sure Dunkley and Trelaw just weren't firing. We were looking really slow. And we were running out of legs. And I, I was worried that, that was going to happen. And, I mean, look, we can talk about the controversy with Brisbane and the 24 seconds it was given to them. But, look, such is life. It doesn't matter. We we didn't deserve the top four after that last three games in the home and away season. But I think coming back the way that we have is definitely showing that, you know, we still had plenty left in the tank and we wanted to prove that our wrong support is wrong, I guess. You know, we wanted to make sure everyone knew we still had a chance. And, I mean, look, we're here now, but... Who knows? I think it'll be a great game on, on Saturday night. And that's a great answer too. Like, as I said, you look at um, Cord, Cody, Corey, whatever Aaron likes. Cody Waven, yeah. What a game he had. And as you can talk about the free kicks, but he got himself into the right spot to get the ball. And he is that type of player. So he's the guy that everyone will go, oh, he's a young kid. But as we had Clint on earlier, when he was talking about mm. often young kids are good because they don't care in a way. You spoke about um, Smith is another one. Mm. We all know about Petrarca's and the Bont and those sort of players, mm. but it's often in, yes, the big players step up. We know about Dusty in recent times. But I'm interested this year who you think, and I, do, I know you answered it in a sort of a way to love him, who would you think if you're going to say, I've got one bloke kicking for a goal for us, or who's going to kick our goals, who would you think it would be? In the Norm Smith medal, I know we talk about the Bont. Who do you think as a passionate doggy supporter is your go-to player? If it's not, let's take the Bont out of it, so to speak. Hmm. Yeah, okay. Um, having a shot in front of goal, geez. Wouldn't you like to have a Tory Dixon back on the side? Um, <laughs> no, look, um, I must admit, Cody Waitman has definitely shown his worth. I think kicking that two or three a couple of weeks ago definitely yeah, made him made him handy. And obviously a big loss the week before. I mean, look, we were very lucky. I guess we could talk about the prelims from both Melbourne's and with the Bulldogs' performances. They were just blown out of the water. So it was very surprising. But having Waitman out of the side, you could still tell that structurally in our forward line, we, we were missing that crummer. You know, we were still happy to go down forward deep try and take big marks, but we we just didn't have that solidarity. But again, I guess we didn't really need it. So we got lucky. But you know, I think against a side like the Melbourne Demons, I think we're we're gonna struggle if we don't have players like that. So he's a very big in um in terms of front of goal. But um 
look at Norm Smith medalist that wasn't the Bont. See again, yeah, it'd be much, much the same. But see, even you know, as ridiculous as it sounds, you could throw in someone else again, uh, like even a Jason Johannesson. Um, again, rough, but I think his last three weeks, or last three games in the finals, he's just he's shown enough to to hide his spot. Now, look, it's very rare that you'd have a, a dual Norm Smith medalist, but um, but it's happened before. I think though, having he's performed on the biggest day, so it's... oh, that's exactly right. You, yeah. you can you can count anyone in if if the team's in and we all do our bit. It could genuinely be anybody, but it's usually the people that are in and around the the center, or at least if they're dominating their position more than anybody else. Then yeah, it's it's going to be a given. But there is there is quite a few, and for both teams, mind you, like I know we you both spoke about Petrarca and Clary and all them as well. Is there's still going to be a good four or five that you could probably choose from if they do well on their day. So if you were to, um, Callum, you, you follow the dog really well. Now, the, the, the players that were, by the way, by the way, let's be really clear. When Glenn spoke about Cody Waitman's four goals from the other week, so Glenn held a lot of anger for about two weeks after that from the umpire decision. <laughs> let's just yeah. disclaim that straight away. Glenn was it's an slimer, extremely angry individual. For two weeks, he held on to that. <laughs> oh, I don't blame you. Um, I don't blame you. But I want to... I wanna, I want to work out plan B for the dogs. So midfielders, they're all going to go head to head. There's mm. no taggers. Neither team has a real tagger. One bloke gets off the chain. Um, who is who are the dogs most worried about in the midfield? In terms who, of who, who... worry about the most in the midfield at Melbourne. See, to me again, it's yeah. Look, Clary. Is very explosive, and I know he's definitely worked on his his footwork the last couple of years. Um, obviously, Petrarca and that too. But as as strange as this might sound, too, actually, I was speaking to my dad about it just before. But Luke Jackson, he's the one I think we should be worried about, and that's only because I think we have matchups for everybody else to at least make it a 50-50 contest. But I think it's going to be very hard to match up Jackson, whether he's floating forward or. Whatever he was doing, if he's if he's alternating in the ruck, whatever it is, he's the one bloke that I think we might struggle to to keep under wraps. If if someone has to go to him, then it'll allow your Maxi Gorns, your Petrarca, your Olivers, all these sort of guys to to let loose a little bit, and then I think we'll be running second to the footy. So yeah, again, it can go anywhere. I think this game's going to be it's going to go down in history as one of the greats. Let's just hope it stays close for a full four quarters. Would, yeah, would you? Agreed. That's a good quick good answer because. With that, in relation to Jake Lever, who is we all know likes to get off a forward, mm. would you think Bevo, who often thinks left field, an amazing coach? Mm. Oh yeah. Who would you? <laughs> who, who could play as a defensive forward at the doggies as, as a sacrificial lamb? Mm. Who you would think? Because you watch them obviously religiously. Yeah, Zane Cordy. And he's yep. probably the only bloke that will come to mind. And that's purely because he can sneak forward to kick goals if it's going to be in our benefit. But if it is to sacrifice a defender for Melbourne, then I think he'd be the smartest choice. Norton staying up forward for the entire season. Not that I don't think he's capable of defending, but at the same time, I think him structurally is more crucial in the forward line than what Zane Cordy might be in defence. I think we can cover that, at least if we know that if Lieber is being taken out of the contest, then we can... We can sort of shift that one around, but yeah, he'd he'd be very good both up and back. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a bit of a smart ass here, and I'm gonna sort of play devil's advocate on that one. But if I'm the forward at the dogs, and I know that Lever's coming to me, and then trying to get off me, guess what I'm doing as a forward? 
I'm just sacrificing my role. It's that simple. Yeah, mm, so I think I so. I, if I'm the dogs, why am I trying to manufacture a defender to go forward just to make him defend mm. again? Now, for me, you keep your structure. You just tell your sixth forward or, or the forward that's on lever at all times, just be within his vicinity and make him contest. Mm. Make sure he stays away from you. Pull him with you. Pull him with you. You know, and then tell the midfielders, you know what? Look for me. Lever's pulling off me all the time. You should know that by now. So yeah. drop your eyes a bit and, and hit the target up that Lever's decided to leave the drop back with May. Now, it's just, I wouldn't, to me, yeah. it's a discipline thing. Yep. Oh, look, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's a structure we end up having anyway. I think between May and Lever being sucked up the ground, I think if we can keep them at the half-forward line, it's obviously going to benefit us in one way, shape, or form, providing it goes over their head. But, you know, we'll have to see what happens. Well, I mean, the lineups. I'm looking at the lineups, and I don't think they'll line up this way, but your six forwards is named. Hmm. Shacky, Hannon, English, Waitman, Norton, Trelaw. Now, if Hannon and Shacky, between those two, if they can't work out how to make sure they keep Lever honest, then you, you, why are they playing? Hmm. You know, I think... You I, know, I, you're totally I right. No, I think you just, you just make Lever as honest as you possibly can all day. That's all. I, I, hmm. I think Shacky... For a bloke who is a bit maligned for a, a long time in his career, I think he's, I think he's integral as to whether he goes back or forward, it's in the in how he plays that role. I'm not saying mm. how he'll do it, but I think as Lovey just said, if he can basically say, "Shit, I want to, I want a premiership medallion," well, Jake Lever, guess what, mate, you're going to have the worst day ever. I think if, well, he can, if he can find a way to do that, it helps. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise. It actually wouldn't surprise me. Instead of Shacky, I'd, I'd let Shacky have a clear mind because he's he's only just cemented his spot in the side. Um, yep. Hannon, Hannon for me is a little bit more seasoned. He's got a bit more experience, and he's come from the club they're playing against, yep, so he it. at least has a general idea of what Lever's going to do. Can he? Can he? Can he follow it and? And playing to a T on the weekend, well, that's another matter mentally. But he at least knows what Lever does. So I think if, if Hannon's told on game day, listen, you're just going to have to do this. Um, we don't expect you to kick four goals on him. We just want you to make sure he doesn't take a mark all day. Do it. Because you know what? That'll probably – that would almost win the game for Melbourne. It would probably be the most important role in a grand final. Keep him mm. Lever quiet. Yeah, interesting yeah, enough. On, doggies, on, yeah, it's interesting on on Lever. I mean, Lever actually doesn't mind being sucked up the ground a little bit, <clears throat> and the mm. reason for that is he's he's incredibly quick, and you don't actually get to see how quick he is sometimes. Um, but he he generally mans up. He doesn't kind of play that loose, but he's so quick to move and anticipate that ball that he kind of looks like he's always playing off his man. Um, yeah. and, that, and that's what you find with those good punch kind of um, backman that they're able to get in those positions and he doesn't mind getting sucked up the ground because he's incredibly quick and he lets some of those blokes come back with him and obviously May sits back there as a bit more as the general um, so it's going to be it's going to be an interesting fight that's for sure um, that, I'm really that, looking mm-hmm. forward to this one Just on that, that's, that's, well, then that's where Nordo and Shaki have to talk to uh, Hannon, the three of them have to talk to each other all game and yep. say right if, 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 if Lever's the most if Lever's the most exposed Going back, try and manufacture it as best you can. So you isolate him 15, 20 out from goal. If he hates that, then you do it that way. 
if he mm. rolls off, if May keeps rolling off and Lever keeps rolling off, so be it. That means Shaki just has to then play the same role Allen does or whatever. Whoever's mm. on Lever just plays the same way. And I think that's uh, a really good point. Up, if he wants mm. to come up the ground, come up the ground, make sure someone's with him. Yeah, I think it's a really good the point about one. Hannon. Um, Hannon. Hannon can do some damage if he pulls yeah. him towards 20 to 30. Um, Hannon's incredibly quick, and you're right. He knows Lever's intricacies a little bit more than most players. Mm. So uh, I, I would definitely be starting with Hannon for sure. Hannon's first half in the prelim. People underestimate this. Hannon's first half in the prelim Very the good. other week. Brilliant. Oh, fantastic. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect the third forward. Perfect third forward stuff. The other one I'd love to ask you, Callum, obviously being a passionate doggies man, thoughts on the whole situation now that he's back in the side with Stefan Martin, who basically was the mentor to Max Gorm when he first came along. How important, how in- we know about the, the limousines at Martin and Gorn's feet, but how important do you think the role of Stefan Martin and then obviously English in tandem with Martin is going to be on the day? Oh, crucial. Um, I think if you cast your mind back to when we first played the Ds earlier in the season, I don't, I'm not sure if he was playing then or playing the second time we played, but either way, I know that there was a massive difference. Structurally, amongst our midfield, you could just tell we, our engine room would have to work overtime to compensate for basically rucking to the other the other team. And that's that's always been a frustration of mine for many years. So once we'd finally been able to pinch Martin for this season, it was very important. As you could see, our first five or six games, I think we, we were five and zip until we got done. I think in round six it was. And he was a very, very important part of that. So to have him back this week and at least have some game time under his belt from two weeks ago just to show you the difference between how much of a struggle I personally think it was against Brisbane as opposed to how good it was when we were playing against Port and our midfield tore him to shreds and you can see that. So it's yeah. he's, he's very important. Yeah, exactly yeah, right. First, first use of the ball. Yeah. It's very handy to have a bloke that will tap it to your colours. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I think Tim English, and it's, it's that natural progression as a footballer, mm. I think he is – and it sounds silly to say this, but he's growing into his body and his awareness of what he can do as as a ruck forward as well too, I think. I mean, he's mm. another string to the bow, which, and look, hand on heart, Bevo's a fantastic coach, a lot better coach than I will ever, ever, ever be. But the thing with Bevo is I love it how he thinks outside the square, but please <laughs> don't put Bond in the ruck this week. Oh no! Uh, if that happens, I think there'll be a, there'll be a few people calling for his head. I think, but no, that's uh, that's not going to be a given. I don't think. Now, look it, to touch on English just quickly as well. You're right. I think him having another couple of years under his belt is definitely going to help. Um, he's getting better and better every year. It is. It obviously is just frustrating to watch because he, he needs to throw his body weight around, around a bit more. I think that's one of his main issues. Um, again, I'm I'm no footballer, so I don't know how easy it is to play out there. But watching him you can tell he's got the potential and he's definitely a smart footballer because he can sneak forward and kick goals. And that's where he's, he's special with his R, but you look at him in the ruck and trying to get him in there for a full game. It's, it is very frustrating to watch, but again, this is where a bloke like Martin can step in and give us a chop out in that regard, give English a spell or at least enable him to sneak forward. And then we get the best of both worlds. So let's hope it pays off. There's obviously a lot of confidence. There's obviously a lot of confidence in him from Bevo though, because a lot of times, and we've seen it over the years, they, they, they try and teach these taller sort of kids how to play the game, probably a centre-half back or across the half-back mm-hmm. line. And it, it would be easy to put him there next year and the year after before he becomes a ruckman. And it, it would 
would probably still be a great benefit, but the fact that they're looking to play in permanent forward for now, I reckon I reckon that's got to be a credit to Tim English, if anything. Uh, oh, jeez. Ben now, Sorry, I've, just, I've seen a comment come well. through. Yeah, but, uh, that's my old man, and he's totally right. It just shows you how underrated he is. Even I forgot about him. No Jackson one's mentioned it. No, no one's mentioned him Jackson on the whole McRae. podcast tonight. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Um, oh, the, sh- yeah. yeah. the umpires hate him now. He gave him 14 votes this year. Oh, can you believe I had him second. I, mean, it, oh. I had him second in the. I had him second in the count. Absolute disgrace. It's, yeah. Let's not. Umpires let's not start the umpires out that vote because unless you stand <laughs> in a certain part of the ground, no, you're not going to get a vote. You're still angry from week one of the finals. Yeah, correct. Yeah, there's no friends no friends in umpires, cuz. You're, you're not a big fan of umpires. <laughs> <laughs> no, no love lost let's there. Let's talk about Tom Hawkins. No. Let's talk about Tom Hawkins, who had probably one of the Why? best years as a forward. He's a loser. He's out. Tom who, mate? Tom who? He's That's a loser. Who cares? He's out. No one gives a shit about Tom Hawkins. Hawkins Smorkins. How good a year did Stephen May have? How many votes did he get? Oh, that's another. Like, you, and your, you, and your, you and your bloody defenders club, honestly, you just you like the book nerds <laughs> in the back of the defender? library. Just, just stay back there. You just, whatever, mate. Is Tom Hawkins a defender? Is Tom Hawkins a defender? Mate, you're talking about Stevie May. Stevie May. Uh, no, he's he a good one for you. I actually played junior footy with Jaden Laverty at Kilo Footy Club. And. Him Ooh. playing midfield and forward for most of his junior career is quite a surprise to see how well he's turned out as a defender. And I'm I'm very happy for him because he's ended up getting, what, fifth or sixth in the best and fairest, I think it was. Yeah, so very it, good. It just, yeah, it just yeah. shows you if, if you've got the know-abouts, they can put you anywhere and you use the best of your ability. So it's... Most improved. Thanks very much. Most improved at the club. Oh, he did too. That's right. Yeah, he did too. Yeah. Nice he must have been a big midfielder. Nice to have an intelligent person come onto the podcast, Callum, and have an undecided <laughs> view like the two people up Above you and to my left and right. I, uh, I, I think, I think we can all say, yeah. But because Aaron's got a bit ahead of himself, like he does, being a Melbourne supporter, it just needs to check him a little bit. Because well, Alan and I uh, are back uh, for the um, side that gave Melbourne a lesson back in 2000. Oh, 2000 uh, was a long time ago, mate. It was a long time, long time ago. ago. Also, it's about three years, years old. So we talk hey, about a few Cal, things. Um, this Cal, is just, one that Cal, just a real quick one on the streets recently. Honk if you're gorny. This would have been. Oh, I've seen that everywhere. This would have been one of the busiest streets in Melbourne, that's for sure. So um, I'm pretty sure they haven't had much sleep. I'm wor- not worrying about me getting any sleep. At least I haven't put that banner out the front of my house. But uh, oh. there is uh, a, yeah, a there's there's the house. Let's touch on. Um, let's touch on a few things. Uh, obviously, this is an exciting time. Um, we haven't seen one of these as a demon, so we would have a, would have had to drag back through the. Either the archive or Mark Knight had to get into finally being able to draw one. Um, I love the well, Dockers one wig. as well. Would have been the old uh, wig back in your day. That's right, it was. Um, and just a couple of people to note there, uh, that young lady um, with the Bulldogs is Chris Grant's daughter. Daughter yeah, Isabella. the boys the, in front of Brad Green there are his sons. So it's fantastic to yeah. see potentially a couple of father and sons there. For, uh, more demons on the great, way. Great football families mm. at both clubs there too. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, sure. Uh, but we talk is, about... Is, um, playing, is, this Bella, is this a Bella playing AFLW, just quickly? Is she playing AFLW? I can't remember. She's I she's yeah. listed. I think she played a couple of games last season, yeah. but I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure how she's going. Yeah. I think she is still there, though. Yeah. Yep. Um, mm. There might be a few mother and sons 
uh, that we know about as well. That that that's <laughs> going to be an interesting thing to follow. Um, whether that sticks and whether that can happen too. So I think it should. Absolutely. Agree. Who, knows? Who knows? The lid's off with as as you can see. Even though the cap's on, the lid is off, and it's been off for at least <laughs> I reckon four weeks. What about you and? I haven't met your dad, but I'm, I can see by his comments he's pretty passionate. Where's your lid? Look, it's, <laughs> no, I think it's about four rows back. No, look. No, look, honestly. Um, this I, is Cal I'm, Right here. Yeah, there That's it is. Yeah, yeah, well done. One on each cheek. I think yeah, that's a bit, bit of wishful thinking. Does that look like it hurts oh. too? Ooh. It's got a bit more yeah. hair than that, I think. <laughs> I, no, I look, have a um, commitment of a tattoo, but I could never do it. Nah, it's it's a classic example of peaking too early. I'm, I'm not that risque. I, I couldn't I couldn't bet on that one. No, look, the the last three weeks, I think it's again not not that I want to compare it to 2016, but just because of the story, how we did struggle through it, and we've managed to just increase the the belief. I was convinced we were going to get absolutely belted by Brisbane after we won that first week. And I'd said I'd be happy if we just won and then not worry about the prelim, unfortunately, as silly as that sounds. But to come out with the result that we did, you know, obviously there is a bit of belief there. But I'll be honest, it is tough knowing that we're going into the, the grand final opposing the other team that we've basically butt, head with, butt heads with the entire season. So it's going to be a very hard but fair grand final. But I don't think I could be too disappointed if Melbourne were to get up considering the story and, and how long it's been for them. I know as much as it is nice to share the cup around, but obviously it would be nice if it was in our hands at the end of Saturday. But we'll have to wait and see. I think it's going to be a good game. Yeah, Margin, tell them how much you're going to win by in your mind. Look, I think there'd be less than two kicks in it, genuinely. I don't think... Uh, look, well, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say that, only because if you know that there's enough time for junk time goals and all of a sudden it could be 23 to 27, 28, 29 points, you know, but I think it will be a two goal game majority of the duration. But I think if, if anyone sort of runs out of legs or at least if they know they can't come back anymore, well, it might be a three, four goal game. Like I said, so to throw a number out there, I'll say 22 points just to say something comfortable. I, I do think it'll be closer than that, but realistically speaking, if, if anyone was to win, it'd be that. Sorry, mate. I just saw one of the, can you put that comment up, as? Yeah, it's going to be close. Uh, and if it is close, um, there's going what to be a few hearts. What's an infarct? I thought there'd be an hour, wouldn't there? Let's run with a heart attack. I think it's, uh, it was it was hinting at. So, um, well, yes. I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought it might be hinting at infant. Infant? Oh, I think infant. infant. Well, I mean, if it's a premiership in store, who knows? There could be plenty of infants on their way, mate. Oh, hang yeah, on. Yeah, we'll see how many babies are born in June next year. Yeah, so correct. Like, exactly. <laughs> yes. The exciting part is, is mate, obviously yes, Melbourne's been 13, 13 weeks on top uh, as a demon um, of the ladder this year and Bulldogs mm. eight. So it's it's definitely the best two teams for, from a football mm. purist point of view. Um, it's an exciting time. Yes, the prelims weren't exciting. Exciting if you were obviously the winners, but now we actually get to the the crunch of it, and let's just hope for a good game at the end of the day. I, as yeah, a demon, right. I won't be disappointed if the dogs obviously get up and take another one. Um, there's so many supporters that don't hate either the dogs or the demons, and I think there's a real genuine interest in 
AFL footy again, which is exciting because a lot of people dropped off footy um, and didn't really like the way it was played in the last few years. So the game's definitely opened up a bit more now. It's a bit more exciting. Um, two Victorian teams after all, um, which is which is even more exciting. Sadly, it's in Perth. Uh, so it's a real – it couldn't be any more um, mixed up this year. But um, years and years of being an MCC member and uh, – Still don't get to see a grand final. So, anyway, not to worry. That's another time. That's the one uh, thing I feel for. Yeah, it's so frustrating. Put your disclaimer up. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, obviously, the footy record, you can't forget the footy record. has been part of our institution, mate, for so many years. Um, Mm. I think we're up to about $30 or something for a footy record these days. No, 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 only joking. It's 15 Make sure you... uh, Still 10 bucks more than it should be. 15 bucks and probably 25 ads. So there's plenty of ads yeah, in there. Exactly. I remember, buying the, I remember funny... buying the 93. I remember buying the 1993 record as a 17 year old kid. That was six for six bucks fifty. It's just, yeah. uh, well, maybe it maybe it like, oh, but, but how funny we talk on. about we talk about the price of the record, whether it's whatever year we went and got it, but not a lot of us actually think when you have the excitement and the goals kicked at the grand final. And yeah, you think, don't mark oh, it. Shit, hang on. I might, where, where's that gone? I might need that. <laughs> I'm all about to keep that. I remember very clearly in 2000 sitting there as a Demon fan and it was pretty much all over at half time. And then as we've discussed, uh, your, your mate Longy knocking out um, Who's mate? Uh, Troy Simmons. I think I unloaded my record on someone about 15 rows ahead that, that uh, <laughs> started, to, started to abuse me and told me that uh, – that was one of the greatest things Longy's ever done, which obviously that was one of the worst things <laughs> ever did in his career. So um, if the game wasn't over, it was over by the time I'd, I'd finished on that record, that's for sure. So I look forward to not throwing my record. I've, uh, I've purchased yeah. the new TV, ready to go for the grand final. So I'm super excited, as I'm sure All you right. are, Cal. Um, yeah, you made the best team win, mate. Yeah, 100%. One of my biggest grand final highlights is actually not an Essendon one. My son, my oldest son's 18, um, went to the same school as the Bulldogs captain, uh, Marcelin, and every time the Bont does something, he goes up the nest, up the nest. So he loves the Bont. He's a mad bomber like me, my son, but he still loves playing that grab from Triple M when Boyd kicked the goal. Boyd's gold. <laughs> oh, fuck. Boyd's kicked the goal. Drop the magic, you know, yeah. <laughs> just drop the yeah. magic. Yeah. Still, yeah. Um, one thirty thing seconds of great radio is some of the lead up. Some superstars pictured right there. Um, obviously, there's plenty more that would stand next to these guys. And this uh, is the great cup we're all fighting for um, over the other side. But it's going to be it's going to go one way or another. We all know that, um, and we know one thing: it can't be a draw. So that's, yeah, well, that's right. Exciting. The extra time. Um, well, will it happen? That's the question. I mean, if it happens any longer, it could be a cup presented after midnight, mate. It's uh, it's too late, isn't it, guys? Uh, Let's be honest. Well, that's because that... it's in Perth. They're, they're a backwards, they're a backwater state. They're just, uh, you know, this is the As... best thing that's happened to them in their 100 years since Federation. They definitely, As... they could shut it down. Hey, it's still 1983 over there, isn't it? Cal, yeah. Cal, Still lifting the American Cup over there. This is where, this is when, as an I said, it distanced ourselves from Lovey. He gets a bit nasty about the WA people. 
Uh, yes. I think I love it. I'll watch it. I'm passionate about footy, but I agree. It's too late. Yep. Even even uh, for a, a, a bloke of my age, I'm, I'm still in my mid-20s, but I know that tradition is grand finals, MCG, Saturday afternoon, 2, 3 o'clock. That is ultimate. Even yeah. if your team's not there, you're going to a mate's place, a couple of drinks, having some sausages, and you're going to watch the footy in the afternoon. That's the idea. So, you know, I'd... I don't like the idea of it sort of venturing in towards a, a rugby league grand final being a night thing. I just, I don't like the idea. It gives me a feel of it being more of a, a pre-season kind of thing. And I just, I don't know. It, it's not for me. I understand if, if the, the nightlife and the crowd can come back and there's more entertainment and stuff like that. But I think just stick to what we know and, and it works best. The name broken, don't fix it. Last, last yeah, year's right. grand final for me was trash because of that. It was nighttime. I, it just did not... It just felt like Friday night football. Mm, yeah, exactly. Uh, yep. Yeah, that's a oh, that's uh, a great because I think after a grand final, win, lose or draw, and I know I just want to say to everyone listening, I understand that I can't go in someone's house or whatever. When we get back to whatever what? we call normality, the traditional thing for me was you'd watch the grand final, win, lose or draw, then you would go and catch up with your mates. On top of the world, oh God, but by midnight, you're already talking about next year and moving on. Yeah, you're ready for bed. And that's what I think. Yeah. <laughs> Only the well, what I'm worried about mate. the most. Yeah, good what point. I'm about the most with, what I'm worried about the most with Aaron and Callum is the winner will no doubt, he'll probably feel like he wants to run up the street naked and going, but the problem you've got, it's not so much the indecent exposure, curfew's at nine o'clock here. So <laughs> exactly. you're not it's even going to be half time. You've got to go to sleep. You're not even going to be allowed to go out in the street and yeah. celebrate this bloody thing on on Saturday night because you get arrested. Well, I'm happy for Cal because I've seen Cal's <laughs> bum with his tattoo before. That's okay. I can deal with saying that. Yeah. As I'm not yeah. too sure about that. I can tell you right now, the windows will be open, the blinds will be wide open, <laughs> and the theme song will be pumping if we get up. And you'll be seeing a lot. So <laughs> I'll give you word of that. Absolutely. No, well, look, uh, as I mentioned to you, I, I've blown the lid off, mate. I'm super excited as a Demons fan. I think if, you, if you're not confident, you shouldn't be in it. And if you're just trying to make up yeah. a number, then why be there, mate? We made up the numbers in the last two grand finals we played in as much as we tried and did everything we could to get there. At the end of the day, in 88 and 2000, we got whacked. So I'm so confident, uh, confident in my boys um, and trying to get the job done and getting the job done. Um, I'm actually so confident, to be honest, and I, God, I hope this doesn't jinx me that uh, we've gone out. And a good, mate so. of ours, a good mate of ours, Cal, just to tell you the quick story, is um, he's a mad tiger. He's a friend of the show. And what he did is he designs a T-shirt that's done as a premiership T-shirt, and it's done before, as the team, I'm pretty sure it's as the team makes the finals, okay? Or I think okay. he, he might, have even, might even do it before they make the finals. So he's that confident and hoping that's going to happen. If they make the finals, he goes and prints some T-shirts well before the grand final, even if they don't make the granny. He gives them out to some mates, and he hopes like hell that it comes together. <laughs> he did it in oh. 2017. Look at Cal. Have a this. He did it in 2017. <laughs> he did it in 2019. And he did it in 2020. The year he didn't do it at all, they didn't win it. So the exciting part is, this is what he's done for me. 
<laughs> so, what I'm saying is, I'm prepared to roll the dice, Cal. And if, uh, <laughs> if it all goes pear shaped, mate, I know it's gone to a better team. And I'm hoping, like hell, this isn't the new uh, Norm Smith curse. But this is where we're up to, boys. Look at this. We're ready to go. We're ready to go. So that's how confident I am. You've got to be confident in your team. Uh, May the best team win, Cal. And it's an exciting time to be a demon Mm. and a bulldog, mate, which is unlike where it's been in the last few years for all of us. So we will agree. Cal. Thanks for very happy for this two Victorian teams. Great to meet you, mate. Before you Likewise, go, though, guys, Cal, thanks for the chat. So, so what's been happening, that's now our last episode now because we have now got a new curse that has done that. So all the Melbourne people out there, Aaron Cusack. Aaron Cusack. That's all right. That's Cal, why I pressed the button. All the best for the doggies that's on Saturday, mate. Thank you. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Thanks for joining us, Cal. Um, just sadly, thanks, we've uh, just heard news that uh, the big, great John Elliott has just passed away. So disappointing. Oh. To hear that news, obviously, with the announcement of a new coach uh, today with Michael Voss, um, hoping that he kind of got that news before he passed away, uh, 79. After suffering a fall, um, sadly, he's he's passed on. Um, I'm not sure what the time period was or how that all worked, but disappointing to hear that uh, at 79 to to not be around to enjoy his blues coming back. A guy that put so much into footy, parked. Obviously, um, the differences in, in, in was really polar in respect of you either loved him or hate him. But one thing we all learned from uh, John Elliott was that famous saying, pig's ass. And that was that was one thing that we used to love uh, as a kid with the with the blues, that's for sure. Oh, that's a yeah, that's that's sad for his family. That yeah. oh, is sad. Uh, and Eddie Eddie Zammett, I know he didn't want want a plug or anything about, but if you ever need a really good Awesome graphic designer, mate. Eddie's amateur man. Um, and we look forward to continuing his tradition, mate. I know his Tigers couldn't get there, so he was more than – he actually sent that to me weeks ago. So I've kind of kept a lid on it to some respect. But uh, now with the, with the T-shirts done, mate, once the lid blew off, you either do it properly. I was told you either do it properly or don't do it at all. And that's what your dad told me, uh, Cal, mate. So one thing, um, it's an exciting time for both of us. Uh, we look forward to it, and we're either going to hear one of two things, mate. We are going to hear, if I can find it, just before Alan we go. singing naked, your song. <laughs> yeah, I have to uh, find it. We're either going to hear this. It's a grand old flag. It's a high-flying flag. It's the emblem for me and... That's enough of that. We don't want that one played. So good luck, Cal. Um, hopefully, mate. Thank you. Hopefully, uh, like we did last year, you might want to join us as either a winner, mate, or as a commiserator. We, we look forward to having a chat. We might do that next week. Yeah, definitely. Sounds good, guys. Thanks All for the having best, me Cal. on. Good work, mate. Right good luck. Thanks, have fun on Saturday. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you. I probably won't have a voice regardless, but we'll see how we go. <laughs> Sounds Cheers, good. Mate. Thanks, guys. The right way going about it. What a what a great kid, Kelly's. Um, yeah, absolutely. I'm a great family, yeah. mate, and they love their footy. 
Now, Aaron, you you you've you've, you've surprised gone, me, mate. You have surprised you me with it, that t-shirt. There's mate, a difference between having the lid off. There's a difference between having the lid off and being an ad right dimwit about it. Now, um, <laughs> dimwit. <laughs> here's the thing: our next podcast, which is post grand final, oh, if the wrong. demons lose it. If the demons lose the grand final, and this is worse than pickled onion, you need to wear that t-shirt again. Yeah, you need to wear it. You actually have to wear yeah. that t-shirt again if no they've lost the grand final. No problem. Because that is as embarrassing as it gets. It's worse than any carton support I've ever met in my entire life, and they're guilty of getting ahead of themselves more than any other club I know of. Yep. That, that t-shirt, that t-shirt could ruin just you in general, yeah, you oh, gotta be careful now. Now you should be. Now you sure. should be nervous between now and seven fifteen Saturday. In fact, I would take that. Shak- I'm shaking you my head it. because this will shock you both. I'm actually. Sp- I can't believe you've done that. As that's not you. That is not you. You that's have right. gone to places. I'm a very conservative. Yeah, I'm I know. not sure. But, but as I said to you before, mate, and I've said to the, said to this more than once this week. That was the demons of old. Okay, this was the demons of old for me. Growing up as a demon supporter, we kind of a lot of people we never ever said we were demon supporters. You, you even even back during the days of wearing your footy colours to school, mate. There wasn't too many demon fans there. Let's be honest. Um, so now, uh, you know, to hear as I mentioned before, in the last couple of podcasts to hear that people are saying that we're a genuine chance. I mean, favourites is one thing. Whatever, you know what. It'll be what it'll be now. I won't let it upset me if we don't win. And previous to that, God help me, I would have been so upset. I would have been in bed and thrown thrown the thrown the bath baby out with the bathwater by half Sorry, time mate. if we were down. I would have been filthy. Simon Goodwin's calling. Goody's on the phone. Aaron, Aaron, who? Right on, yeah, Cusack, mate. Cusack. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. Thanks, mate. Sorry, buddy. Yep, go on. Hey, he's calling me in as a as the uh, the new the new recruit, no doubt. Um, I can tell you one thing, and and to be fair, just as you mentioned, Goody, um, we touched on this as well, that I used to question um, Goody in the last couple of years as he took over from Rusey, and, the, you know, Rusey was God when he came, and um, there was no doubt, rejuvenated Melbourne, and he put the steps in place, and he told the board, similar to what um, other other CEOs and, and coaches have done, guys, there's going to be some hard times here. I mean, I've been through five or six that I can remember, five-year or four-year rebuilds at Melbourne. They just never happened, okay? Now, I know luck plays a big part of it, but you've got to have the right people around you. You've got to have the right culture. When Clint was there, um, and thanks, Clint, for coming on, mate. It was fantastic to have you on. Um, we, we talked about so much to do with footy and, and inner sanctum at footy and how things worked and... You know, they tried, mate. They tried and tried and tried, but we just couldn't get the missing pieces of that puzzle together. And I just think it's an exciting time that Rusey helped pull that together. Now, by all means, he's not the creator of this. Goody's put his own stamp on it now, for sure. Got other people around him. Um, But I question Goody's plan B, okay? Was there one? And it took a few years to definitely grow that game plan. And everyone to buy into that game plan. It was very defensive, as we know, when Ruzi was there. And then they, as we know, good games are created from that defence. And that 
then you start to build the attack. So we went through years of pain of not scoring, but we tried to hold the, you know, the, the damage and, and just seeing the ball fly over your head all the time um, as a backman. So it's an exciting time. But the question is that I, that I say is, like someone did mention to me, do you actually need a plan B if plan A works? And if everyone buys into plan A and we can execute plan A, there's no need for plan B. So that's been an interesting point. And I'm sure Goody and his coaches have plan Bs, but I think the plan B now with them is they play the same style of footy every week, but they just tweak the little bits where they need to. And I think that's the difference between what the Melbourne of old, where we seem to go with plan A, didn't work, right, let's move it, roll it up completely and go with a completely different plan of attack. Very similar to that basket basketball method of playing one-on-one basketball versus the zone basketball. That's kind of how the Melbourne of old used to play. So, boys, just interested on your thoughts in, in what you see as football um, lovers uh, and, and knowledgeable yeah. football Yeah, fans. that's exactly what you said about the plan thing, because Love is a lot more astute about this as a, as a head coach. And, I, and often he would say to me, I'd say, oh, geez, we've done that for a quarter and a half. And he'd say, let him do what he does well. You hear all the blokes who I respect, like your Lepiches and those sort of guys who have either coached or played at the highest level and then also grand finals and won, the words you hear all the time, you said then, Les, buying. If we buy into it, we know that Botten Pell is a good footballer, but hey, hang on a minute. What about Petrarca and Clary and who we've got? And I think they're the words you hear. So look, mate, you know we have a bit of banter here. I'm all for the passion. Look, look, I think having always had a bit of a soft spot for Melbourne, being my mum's team, I think the buy-in is definitely there. Not that I'm saying the buy-in isn't there for the doggies either, but they have got a belief that, yes, we haven't won one for a while, but guess what? We were not alive than any of us. Our parents were. Let's embrace the history, but let's live in the now, deal with the now. And that's why I think, as I said, they're the best team statistically and everything this year. And I think that's why, for me, they'll win on Saturday. Yep. It's funny. Okay. It's funny. Before you answer, your, just on your comment, Lovey, um, I'm going to reverse Please this slightly. <laughs> I'm going to reverse this slightly um, and take you up on the offer of if we don't wear it, I'll wear this all week, okay, for a week around the traps everywhere else, and I'll take the criticism from whoever brings it. But if we do win... <laughs> As supporters of Melbourne for this week, you boys will be getting a T-shirt, and I need you guys to wear that proudly for a week as a as a as a buy-in demon for a week. Are you keen on that? More than happy to. No, happy to wear that, mate. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's fair. Look forward. More than happy to. Just want to make sure if you're in, if you're in, you're right in. That's all. All good. That's not a stretch. If if you were. If you were Carlton, Hawthorne, Collingwood, or Richmond, I'd tell you to show it up for us. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Lovey, hang on. Who'd you go? Carlton? Nah. Collingwood? Nah. Hawthorne? Nah. And who was the last one? Yeah. Richmond? Nah. Yeah. Right, Lovey. Go for it, mate. 
No, I was just going to say before, mate, it, it, it's fascinating that you hear all this, um, you know, uh, cliched bullshit about plan Bs and, oh, what's his plan B? What's his plan? It's got nothing to do with it. You have a plan A and you tweak it any which way you like during the course of a game, but you're still back the players in to do the right thing. Um, you still play the same system. You still, you still play the same method. Uh, you might need to change a player around. You might need to change the tempo. But uh, for all the for people pretending they know what they're talking about with all this, uh, what's his plan B and then what's his plan C, to me that's, that's a sign of a club that panics. And it's a sign of a club that's actually not sure of what they're meant to be doing. Yep. So yep. the fact that if you don't see a club, if you see a football team throughout a whole game, they lose by eight goals. And they just didn't and, – and you hear stupid commentators going on about, well, they never changed anything. They didn't change the way they were playing. Well, no, why should they? Because that's the system they backed in in the preseason. They trained to it. They worked hard on it. And it probably won them games through, uh, earlier in the year. It may not have. And, you know, that's on the coach. But when you, when you chop and change the actual structure, when you chop and change what you agreed to do at the start of the year, that's when you fall into a lot of trouble. And that's where stupid committees also then go, oh, well, you know, everyone's saying all this and, yeah, you're right, they're playing a way that's just not winning these games of footy at the moment. Look, that's the coach's fault. Look, it, it, you just got to stick to what you all agreed to do at the start of the year. And if you're not doing it, guess what? That's on the players as much as it's on anyone else. So I think the way Goody's been able to just stay fat with what he's taught them, um, you know, he, he, he's taught them that. It's not like it's they knew it. it it's been, it has been a decent process for about three years since that prelim final back in 2018. Yep. You didn't have to. You, they haven't changed the way they play, like 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 Bartman said. They actually, haven't changed the way they play, and they've just bought more in. So Glenn made a really good point. The buy-in was really crucial, but the guys got more mature about how to go about the game plan that they knew was going to win them games of football. Um, the other key thing that's happened at Melbourne Footy Club, as I saw it, and you, you say, oh, Paul Ruse hasn't really got as much of a, you know, let's thank Paul Ruse right now, it's all goodies. The one thing that I know that's come out of that football club uh, because of Paul Ruse, and he constantly said it even after he's finished coaching, patience. And we spoke about it earlier, we spoke about it last week. Hawthorne, Richmond, Geelong, how much patience have today show with their coaches over long periods of time? Now, Goody's been in the role. Is he in his sixth year now? Something like uh, that, I'm right? sure it's six, yeah. yeah, five, yeah. Six, five, or, yeah five or six. So Paul yeah. Roos had three years before that. So let's call it a nine-year process, the same as the other clubs. Yep. Now, there's every chance at Melbourne, if they do the right thing, they, they, they could become a multiple premiership football club too in the next few years. So... You know, patience has always been a big key in great football clubs. Kevin Sheedy took five years to win his first one, four, four or five. Took him, he won back to back, then took another nine years to win the next one in 93 and another seven years after that. Yep. Just, these things just they take time. And and, good is, and and the fact that Melbourne backed him in, whereas, you know, they, they may not have backed, they, they, and for a multitude of reasons, they didn't back in. Um, Bailey and also who was that other four-eyed idiot that they had in there at one stage? What's his name? Mark Neal. Mark Neal. Yeah. Aaron Kizak. No. <laughs> he was really he was he was he was actually really poor. Um, 
But they backed Neil Danaher in for 10 years, didn't they? And they had some pretty good results yeah. over that time. So yeah. for me, patience has always been a big factor in a footy club. What's yeah, that old adage about good things was... taking time, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, they do. They do. You, you can't, um, yeah, especially you when you're. It takes 45 minutes. Yep. Yep. Especially when you realise that that list isn't the list that's going to take you forward. You've either got to do the Geelong thing and pull a couple of guys out and try and retop up and go again, or you do what Melbourne's traditionally done. And the Richmond did it of old. Carlton did the same. Chop your coach. Chop your coach, yep. start again. Another three-year plan. Chop your coach, start again. Another three-year plan. Now, Clint and I were talking today, and how quickly you forget, he went through a four or five coaches while he was there in six, six yeah, or seven no, years. <laughs> and some of those were obviously caretakers. But um, And with someone that just showed belief and wanted to continue to build the system was Danners, right? Um now, he just came from a different place and a different culture, obviously come through the Essendon system and knew what it took to get one, right? Um, and it's just been a a great growth period. And to be fair to Gary, I know we touched on Gary Lyon before, um, what he, he, he reluctantly actually came back into the club environment originally. And the reason he came back in was through Jim Steins. Jim Steins was integral in getting guys back to say, guys, I'll be the front man, I'll be the president, but I need someone that knows their footy. And there was not better, too many better footy brains at the time around Melbourne that pulled guys together and put guys in spots. So we slowly built the thing. Um, and, you know, during that time, Clint was there. While we didn't see total success, what we did see, especially when Neil Danaher was there, was one year up, one year down, one year up. So it was a kind of a, probably not through um, any, any, um, you know, fold necessarily fold of their own, um, but it was it was just some as you're building. That's what you get with young guys. You get sometimes experience. You get then the next the next week you get belted right, and then all of a sudden the young blokes play well again. You play above it and ahead ahead of yourself. So one year or up, one year or down. It's just an interesting um, way that we've reflected on what the Melbourne Footy Club used to look like and how together it seems now. And don't get me wrong, they actually haven't achieved anything yet. Let's face it, right. But from, from 18 showed some really good signs. And then obviously they got a real reality check when they hit that um, prelim, right, against West Coast. But they've learned so much from that. Yeah, that's one other key thing I'll say before we move on. And you, you said that word right there. One thing Melbourne never ever used to do is learn from their mistakes. But now they do. Yep. And you can, you, can trace that back to, you can trace that back to when they appointed those two young cool bastards as captain. Age of twenty, Tringrove and yeah. um, who was the other one? Tringrove and oh, the bloke um, we the bloke we play footy against. Um, Jack Grimes. Yeah, Grimes. Yeah. Now, by by rights, they should almost be still at the football club, but they're not, and because yeah. you know the club didn't really do the right thing by them at that time. But they've you know they learnt they, they've learnt their lessons. They've learnt little things like that. Don't do that ever again. You know, make sure you have a proper process around all these things. So. Yeah, I, I think Melbourne hopefully set themselves up for four or five years of absolute seventeen plus season wins. The, the, the opportunity's there. Yep, um, and hopefully we learn from those days with Jack Watts as well. You know, number one draft right. choice, we just threw him into yep. the fire. Right, um, yep. there was so much expectation, or yeah, expectation from supporters and everyone else. So much pressure that to succeed was just 
get him in and get him out there thinking he was just going to set the world on fire, right? Um, and we so sadly just burnt that guy. Um, and and it's so great that he's just come back around the club and he's involved in the past players. I know Clint talked about him. Um, you know, he's – and he, he was a super – he was a great player. But it's interesting, like Clint's draft, um, Mark Murphy went as number one, right? Mm. Look where he's been, you know, captain of the club in the end. Now – you, you start to roll through like we do in any drafts and you, you start to pick out some of those names. Um, it was one of those, it wasn't an amazing draft, but boy, there were some great players in there. I mean, round round one, just to touch on a couple of those players and where they can come from. Clint came, Clint is one of the most humble young guys that I've ever met that's played, still played a hundred games, mate. Like it's not nothing to be sneezed at as far as a career. One of the fiercest tacklers going around and was one of those real... I wouldn't say complete shutdown, man, but as he said, run with guys. And sadly, if he had had the rehab or sports medicine that's involved in today's footy, he would have been able to come back to that. But he just had this degenerative knee that he just tried everything and just couldn't make it work, right? Um, And retired, you know, way too early, like guys do, um, to play 100 games. But you've got in that same draft, Mark Murphy, Dale Thomas, Xavier Ellis, Josh Kennedy, Scott Pendlebury, are the top five. Uh, Nathan Jones is in there. Sean Higgins just retired. Uh, well, about to retire, no suggestions. Um, Travis Varco, Courtney Dempsey. Like, you've got some good names in there, mate, that have played a lot of footy along the way. And that's in round one. Um, How old you go Jack all Watts? the way down to. Sorry? Oh, Jack Watts, but. 32? Um, yeah, Jack Watts is. Uh, really? Yeah, he's similar to Clint's, Clint's age. Um, so yeah, they're not they're not they're not old by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but that was kind of around that era that there was a lot of guys that didn't really go past 23, 24 at that age. And then you had a big gap of older blokes where there seems to be a bit more of a drift now towards older blokes. And just on the older blokes, I have to make a massive shout out to David Mundy. I mean, oh, what a talk about, we, we didn't even talk about him as a Brownlow vote getter and we just dis- totally dismiss dismiss uh, stuff. Uh, rewind. Rewind. Yes. Someone he did. did. I'll, I'll give him credit. He did mention him. Someone did. Okay, right. I'll take I'll rewind that one back. Good on you. Yeah. Good on you, lovey. Um yeah. that's a great pick. Uh d- does he go on or is he retired? Yes. Goes on another year. Oh no, you've got to go on now. If even yeah. if he hadn't yeah. didn't have a contract, you gotta give him one based on that. He's answer. gonna have to because Cher is leaving. And that, that, that's and, and I think because he loves that club so much, I think he'll push on as best he can to play midfield still for them until they get. If they get a mid for mid, awesome. He might just play back flank for the, like Bergwijn did, yep. but um, he's got to play another year. Absolutely. How ironic though, how we don't see the forest for the trees. Like here we are tonight talking about to us as football Aussie rules lovers, the biggest game in the year, talking about the demons and doggies. And we're talking about Norm Smith and whatever, and Jackson McRae, who Lovey and I both mentioned as we thought were, or he we thought he was a Brownlow chance, and even one of Warren's Callum's dad said, "When are you going to mention Jackson McRae?" We never mentioned him. Yeah. Oh well, I've been burnt. I didn't mention him for the Norm Smith now because I've been burnt by the Brownlow. So unfortunately, yeah, McRae's on my shit list. You probably all heard. Right, we'll bring back Snoozy in a sec. I think he's. Uh, I heard a big yell, mate. I heard <laughs> something was going on 
at the uh, the Monty Nest, mate. I'm not really sure where how that's gone pear shape. Hopefully, someone's still alive. But let's uh, let's go to I a quick ad. Shouldn't laugh, by the way, but we are. Let's go there to a quick go. ad. <laughs> Short skirts are back. Are they? You know, you used to look great in a mini. Did I? Dear honey. Bye, darling. The well-balanced breakfast that keeps you in shape. When did you get that? I bought it yesterday. By the way, I think your cup's full. Oh, I could tell you, mate. He's absolutely one of the oh. greats. There was one guy at school, mate. Um, you know, I'll never forget Dave at school, who at secondary school. The first day I met him, mate, he gave me this Jerry Lewis ramble that went for about two minutes of um, lines out of the movie of Jerry Lewis. And obviously oh, really? one of the greatest comedians of all time. And then you throw his Elvis impersonations in into that. Um, I'm just so glad I've connected uh, back with Dave again. Um, what a what a what a uh, exciting family and and talented family, no doubt. And there was no obviously of, no doubt that, that a, was going to be. Yeah, and it's the sort of stuff where he doesn't practice that. It's just an innate talent that he's got. Like he's just got that talent to be able to just bang. That's his natural gift. He's just got the ability to grab stuff like that and just do his own thing with it. Like I, I couldn't even fathom doing something like that ever. No, no. I'd have, just to, I'd have little... to practice it 50 times and it would look yep. like an old – it looked like footballers trying to do some sort of TV ad. It would just look ridiculously stupid. Yeah, just the little, the little no, twist he does on it as well. Cuz, what happened, mate? We're all alive. Lucas was being told to be quiet. I, I thought she said, shit, I thought we'll have another earthquake. So it's all good. Right. Yeah. There was a I little bit of you. feedback. A little bit of feedback from a certain young lady in the house. How long is it right. going for? I did say that we didn't okay. put a ceiling on it. But no, my we didn't, stepdaughter. Right. We didn't put a time on it. We didn't put a time on no, it. We no, will wrap it up right. shortly. But, but I've really, step- mate, I don't know about you boys, but I've really enjoyed this chat. Um, we could yeah. we could drag on three or four more guests, mate, and talk till the grand final starts, mate. It'd be fantastic to do that. But um, I've really enjoyed They're your insight. Marathon. Um, but yeah, can exactly. I tell you, as you know, I know how passionate you are about Melbourne. Lovey, you also know this as well. Now, I can't say too much because she doesn't like me talking about her a lot, but my stepdaughter, her and I don't have the best relationship at times, but she lent me her scarf tonight. So that shows me how passionate she is and that I've jumped on board. All that she asked me was two things. Don't mention the word dog. Don't mention the word doggies in the house. Right. And she said, yep. just don't make a go for too long, but I've got to tell her what you have done tonight, As. Yeah, absolutely. Well, she'll be, she'll be first on the list, mate, with a two <laughs> uh, if we get the job done. So, uh, Tori, be brave, that's for sure, and be confident, mate. You should be. I, I, I'm actually now worried thing. about your safety, Glenn. I'm worried about Glenn's safety. I am. I'm going to be the trouble. Now, if, if you've got if, – if, if, if you and Tori are a bit tense at the moment – the moment you put that scarf on, is she hiding behind that couch you're on? Because she only has to no, pull this, back on that. No, scarf. I'm in the bedroom because this, this is not home. this is not to quite tours. This is not her best scarf. Oh, oh right, you got the old one. Yep, I got the old one. <laughs> this is the, the respect there. Yeah, <laughs> no problem. Um, and like like all demons fan, well, a lot of demons fans, as I said before previously, 
We used to just sneak under the radar and no one really mentioned we were Melbourne fans because there was no success. But um, now we're a new breed of demon and hopefully, I can tell you, it's going to be loud and proud if we get this job done. Um, and I'm really just, excited about this game, that's for sure. And, it, mate, the bottom line it. is but once you rip the lid off, you got to be confident, mate. you got to be confident. So, How are you going to be Saturday afternoon, though, mate? Sorry, lovey. Because you've got a big day Saturday, and I know we're talking about Melbourne and yep. the doggies, but yep. possibly your other second biggest sporting love is the Melbourne Storm. And firstly, what a great organisation they are and fantastic. Come on, Panthers. How are you going to be if they get up? That'll just be like the little perfect entree for you. Yes. You'll blind yourself to the Shizen before the game starts. <laughs> well, interesting enough, it's it's interesting enough, it's a four o'clock start um here in well, obviously in Brisbane, Suncorp Stadium. Um it's an exciting once again, just another bizarre kind of twist on on seasons everywhere in the environment we're in. But um thank God they moved the schedule. Uh originally they were scheduled for the same time, um, which has happened every week we've had a game so far. So I'm actually glad that I've got a soft lead in um, to the game because I'm not really sure that there's any real pre, um, pre-event pre uh, as such. A lot of time um, in between, right mate. Yeah, yeah, a bit of time, bit of time. But not, not too much. Though. I mean, the game will be starting to move well and truly into the, the pre-amble of the football um, by the time the storm finish and... We get a bit of debrief on the game and see how we all go, but it's an exciting time. Um, and one thing, just on the storm and of our other love, which is uh, Queensland uh, state of origin, um, Billy Slater is looking like he's about to be announced very soon as the coach of Queensland, Queensland. which Good. is Good unbelievably exciting. And Good that's exactly what Queensland need to do right now is go back Find some youth, find someone that bleeds maroon and purple, but maroon when it when he needs to, and he well, will be incredible. Incredible. Yeah. Find someone who knows how to win. Yep. And yep. and lovey, you said that comment you made then about knowing how to win, talking about the doggies and Melbourne. That's why they're where they are. I'm not saying what's going to happen on Saturday, but that's why they're where they are. Because both sides know how to win. What happens in the big dance? We can all have our guesses and picks, but that's why they're where they are. The two best sides in the comp this year are playing off, which for impartials, Lovey and I, well, no, sorry, we're not impartials. I forgot that. We're demon supporters for the next week. That's right. That's the best result. Best result. Yep, that's exciting. Um, Lovey, final thoughts? Give us. Did we go Norm Smith and margins? <laughs> we haven't yet. You go first, mate. Two and, a, two and a half hours in, and we haven't gone Norm Smith or margins. So let's you go let's first, mate. Do that. Everyone's gone to sleep by now. Um, I've got <laughs> the best. Well, comments I've got got we'll, just this into, we'll just chop Did this in a half comments? an hour intervals, mate. I've got about Melbourne by forty. Shut up, Glenn. I've got Melbourne by forty points. 40. Yep. Um, and my my Norm Smith, if they're winning by 40 points, I'm actually saying my Norm Smith will be Max Gore. Yeah, good, good, mate. And, and just, sure. just as I 
as I asked Cal before. The then That's right. He'll be back, I'm sure. How did, um, just on that, tell me how the 40 points rolls out, mate. Is it junk time? 20 points that get jumped on or how does it roll out, mate? I need to I need to appease the ticker, like I said before. So the way Melbourne play football, um, to me, they, 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 they stretch that margin out across the second and third quarter. And I think yep. they just play, there's a bit of, last quarter becomes a bit of junk time. As much as we all love to see a great close game, look, Melbourne, and, and, and there's been a week off and I get that, but just feel like Melbourne's just got that better system and they've probably got more match winners there. The dogs have so so the dogs have a really deep midfield. They've got a deep midfield, but apart from the bomb and to a lesser extent maybe McRae and, and Liver, the class just isn't there for a whole game. Whereas the D's, you know, it's almost like a, a it's a magic it's a magic three or four in there for them. Um yep. you know, you'd have to try and take in fact, if I was the dogs and if I wanted to win the midfield battle, I would almost just play head-to-head with Oliver and see how it goes and head-to-head with Petrarca. But they only get it because of one other fellow who got back halfway through the rest of this year, and that was Jack Viney. Yeah. Now, the key, to, the key to beating the dogs in the midfield has always been Liber this year, and it's worked. I actually think the Ds are similar. You, you, you stop the Jack Viney, who feeds it, Gets the free kick because his head's over it. You, you prevent him from getting the ball a lot on the weekend, and I think that would help the dogs. But yeah, look, they've got they've got class in the wings. That's the other thing for the D's. You know, Brayshaw Brayshaw's had such a good football season. Um, yeah, you know, their, their, their wings are actually also very very good. Um, and I think Langdon 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 could pop up out of the bloody ground and win win a normie. We don't yeah, know. I, he's inside Langdon, 50. Langdon is a very 50. big yep. you know, inside, his, inside, his inside 50 stuff is is fantastic because it's it's quick, it's long, and he runs and he gets back as well. So he's also a very, very good footballer for the days. Shout out to Caroline Wilson. That was her pick on Footy Classified last night. Oh, okay. Well, I'm taking that off the table. <laughs> That's why I said it. Yeah. Um, one, Mate, for me, he, he's been he's been incredible. I'm down, um, by the way. I can't see you, mate. What was that? No, just so you know. In hieroglyphics. So, Lovey, I'll just confirm. Max Gorn, Melbourne by 40. Yeah. I'll go with Clayton Oliver, Melbourne by 27. For the yeah, sake of your heart, there, as... What's that? Out in the limb there, Glenn. Oh, well, Melbourne by 175 then, mate. Would that make you happier? <laughs> I was actually more about the North Smith. <laughs> well, no, okay. No. I'll go with my first one I thought about today. Cosy Pickett. Big Ben Brown or kick five. Go Spargo. No, I've gone Big Benny Brown. But for 27 okay. as, and that will be sort of, Halfway through the second quarter, you'll start pulling away. Righto. Yep. My uh, my margin and how it happens is I think we get the jump on them early and we put the first four on the board and, and really take the wind out of the doggies' sails um, very early. 
Then they start to drag it back a little bit and it's fairly even by half time. Oh, that, that's my gut feeling. All right. Then we start to get them a little bit more on the outside where guys like Ed Langdon, like you just mentioned, really will start to wear those doggies' legs down. Um, and I think we're just going to push wider and spread wider and then deliver it into blokes. You know, I think Tom McDonald, Ben Brown, um, Luke uh, Jackson, they're going to be too much for them, I think. That's just my yep. gut feeling now. I think they're just going to stretch him that little bit too much. And then if Ben Brown doesn't kick goals, he's just got to do what he did a few weeks ago. And T-Mac is the same. Just bring the ball to ground, as we as we know. And then your Spargos, Pickets, um, Fritches, you know, there's, and there's players there that are just going to get the job done. So um, it's an exciting time. But the key, absolute key, We've got to get the score on the board. Points are no good, boys, because they can be dragged back quickly and hurt them quickly the other way. So it's got to be goals, and we've got to kick them straight. So pressure is another thing. We've got a crowd now. We haven't talked about the crowd and the influence of the crowd. Yes, I I think it's going to be fairly um, Melbourne one-sided, but oh. yeah, I don't know that. I mean, that could change a bit with a fair bit of no, dogs. No, it will be. No, it will be. 60-40 uh, for me. Melbourne yeah, dogs. Okay. Yeah, so the, once again, the crowd gets brought into it. Melbourne have fed off the crowd in the last couple of weeks, so that's been awesome. Um, thank, hopefully, fingers crossed that nothing happens with this COVID situation and they don't end up eliminating the crowd and bring it back to to uh, to the basics to again. Um, that'll be terrible because <laughs> we saw some footage of, of one of those games and it was just flat as attack, wasn't it, um, with no crowd there. So that'd be so disappointing to see. Where in in fact, obviously, we, if we, that happens, it'll be so disappointing because we could have then played that in Melbourne at least on the home of uh, the home of football's deck. But look, it's an exciting time. I think Melbourne then push out in the third quarter um, and end up thirty points up at three quarter time, and then start to push away from there. And it's junk time, and we end up winning by sixty five in the end. So <laughs> I think um, if that happens, boys, you'll get about – and I, I was nervous, to be honest, five minutes to go in the third quarter last in the prelim still. Um, I was still on the edge of my seat. It was just a classic brainwashed demon that I've been of we're disappointed so many times. Don't take this away from us, guys. And then um, it all happened. So I'm a lot more confident this time. But – once again, we know the pressure the doggies can bring. They're a never-die uh, team at the moment. Momentum's been an incredible thing, but I think they're just going to run out of gas at the critical time and the Demons are going to know when to put the foot down um, and they're going to get the job done. So Norm Smith for me, geez, I, I'd, I think he could throw a blanket over it, but just an absolute smoky for a new, um, is Alex Neil Bullen for me um, as yep. a... He's been. He's had an incredible impact to me. Um, There's another Ed grow, Yeah, absolutely. But seeing him, grow from a, seeing him grow from a Casey player and be in and out of the Melbourne early lineup, um, it's so good to see him um, see, you know, solidified now. And some other great news uh, signed today. Righto, you got it in writing, mate? In writing. What is confirmed? Righto, look out. 65 points, but, mate, the way you dissected that was magnificent, by the way. He's lived so, off and he's throwing the contents at you, with it? Alex, Neil Bullen for the Norm Smith for 
the Die Hard Demon. For the Jump on Demons, myself and Love, Lovey. Maxi Gorn for the Norm Smith. Melbourne by 40 points. Me, Melbourne. Ben Brown for the Norm Smith. Melbourne by 27. So, my learning, my learning goal kickers, by the way. Oh, I'm, just gonna go. throw, I'm just going to throw the other side. I'm just going to throw the other side. So, Cosy Pickett will be the leading goal kicker for Melbourne. Excuse me, Alan. And uh, you do it a lot. Cosy Pickett will will kick the most goals for the days. And uh, Mitchie Hannon will be the dogs' leading goal kicker. But, uh, if the dogs happen to win, if the dogs happen to win, it's going to be Bailey Smith that wins the normie because he's the one that's on fire for them at the moment. Um. Oh, okay, you're gone. Yeah, I, I, I just think that the D's just seem to have a few more match, not match winners, but just if you look at it even from a one-on-one around all the positions on the green, I just feel like Melbourne have just got that covered. Um, they just bat deeper across the whole 18 positions. Just that little bit deeper. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, one thing we did, we haven't touched on all night is is players that are in and out. And obviously, sadly, there's always a loser here and two players that have done their job um, during the year for the Dogs. Um, it's disappointing to see that there's always got to be two players that are or a couple of players that potentially miss. So for Vandermeer and Gardner uh, that have been omitted, sad to see. Um, but you've got to go with your strongest team um, and talk about sadness um i mean as an as an emotional demon that's a bloke that's done everything for our club has been there through all the hard times for a lot of the time had the entire team on his back nathan jones tragic to see that not happen but for once the demons have made the right call and they're going with who needs to be there um, to make it happen yep they're going with the best 23 they're all fit um you run with it um, dogs have made the right call. Vandermeer hurt his hamstring anyway two weeks ago. So I don't think I actually I actually don't think that um, he was an absolute Monty anyway. Um, Ryan Gardner's done nothing wrong. You're right, but who you take it, Keith or yep. Gardner? You know, it's pretty easy. So it's brutal, but. At the same time, those, there's there's nothing controversial about any of those selections. Yep, yep, um, and fantastic to welcome another mother to the to the club. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> my mum being a mad demon, and great to hear that your mum, cousin, is a is a mad demon as well. And her comment: If uh, Oliver and Petrarca play at their best, do you think the dogs players can hold them? Well, the question I'd say there is: Can they hold them? It's a question of how long can they hold them for, hold them for. and I think yeah. that'll be the difference. Um, the, these boys, these thanks, two man. boys, are ready to explode. To be perfectly honest, um, and thanks for placing that comment. It's a it's a great comment. Um, this kid's ready to light it up. Um, I know he was a, I wouldn't say a smoky. He was very much very close to a favourite um, for the Brownlow, and and I think this will be the little fire in his belly um, because he didn't get the Brownlow that he'll really want to go hard and do everything he can for his team. So that's an exciting just, just time. Quick, just just quickly on that, I, I don't think Barrow's going to try and hold on to them, though. Like, he'll, he'll just go head-to-head. That's how he's yeah. post all year. That, he backs yep. his own midfield in. That's that's why he is so good, and that's why they are very good. Like, yeah, you just think, if Petrarca and Oliver are at their best, 
then apart from Bond and Pelly, they are probably better than a Lockie Hunter, Dunkley and Trelaw. Yep. Yeah. I actually think if there's, if there's any negating to be done, uh, I think the Melbourne team will, will see how it pans out. But I think the Demons, if they're going to do anything, they might switch harms onto Trelaw for a few minutes and just try and push him off his game and not let him have too much impact. Um, Cause as we know, he's one that can really split him. Um, so, and he's going to have a lot of fire in his belly too. You know, he's one player that, uh, that really wants one now after the, Again, the fall down. I, 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 I think harm, harms will, harms will go to Libra and hurt him the other way. I think not even as a lockdown, guess what? Harmsy, you on liver, not even lockdown. You'll get the footy yourself because then, then then that puts the thought into the doggy's mind. Oh, hang on. They've put harms to us. What are we going to then do? So, look, we could talk about it forever, but I think, as we've all agreed on, I think it's Melbourne's flag to lose. I know that's a cliche thing to say, but I think they are the favourites and are deservedly so. It's the midfield. It's all there is to it. Yep. If the if the if the doggies can get it on the outside regularly, these are in trouble, and that's why you just you go to liver. That's it. Yeah, well, I'm just hoping liver. that uh, hoping that Gorney can have another lights out performance like he did. Um, what an incredible effort from from Gorney. Uh, talk about get the whole team on his back and say, boys, let's go. Watch this. Um, it was just incredible to see. So hopefully I, Gorney can I, I, do I, that again. Yeah, I kind of know why. Well, he could, but I kind of – it's quite ironic that I reckon the worst player he would want to play in the grand final of all the ruckmen in the competition is probably the guy that A, taught him before he took off the Brisbane and B, knows how he yeah. plays. Yeah. And Stefan Martin's impact last week was amazing. So Gorney is going to have to play bloody good football. Yeah. If it was if yeah. it was Gorn versus English, I'd almost be saying – you almost just shut the gut, but yeah. it's not. It's Stefan Martin, who's 34 years of age. He's actually pretty fresh, yep. despite not having played a lot of footy lately. Um, yep. He will, you know, he, he, Gorn is going to have to play really, really well. Yeah, he will. I think um, where Gorney gets Steph, and Steph's really, you know, very much in the model of Gorney, really. Um, he can go around, he can chase, he can gets around the ground. Whether he gets to enough and can do enough damage against Gorney's the other issue, um, because yeah. you know, just Gorney's ability to drift forward and really read the game so well now, yeah. um, that's where he does a bit more damage. If he can get his one or two goals, it just makes a big difference and it just takes the wind out of uh, Steph's sails a little bit. But you know, hats off to a couple of ex demons there um, with uh, Steph and Martin, and also uh, who was the other one down forward. For the doggies, Hannon. Mitch Hannon. Hannon. Yeah, Mitch Hannon. Um, yeah. you know, I, uh, they'll always be demons, mate, at the end of the day. But uh, good luck to them this week. And Luke, Lukey Beveridge, obviously, as well. So there's a, there's a bit of demon love in the house, um, for sure. So, boys, we've almost cracked up the uh, three-hour mark, mate. It's been a great show. There's three, three podcasts in one. Um, I want to... Uh, just finish with uh, a film clip um, that Matt's released for for uh, his new single. But before I just do that, I just want to play this. This goes for about five minutes, boys. So this will probably be the end of the show. But it's just a, a quick intro um, or a little little recap, really, on 
on the demons of old and where we've come from and where we are now. And it's a really good little video, um, and it's called Don't Believe in Never. So, boys, thanks for cars, uh, being part of... Cars have some, cars have some no-dos first before you watch this. Oh, I, I thought You're we'd sign off now. I'm happy to sign off now. I'm just getting a bit hungry. I haven't eaten dinner yet. That's the only thing. Neither have I, Cuz. But when you don't eat Neither dinner, mate, if you're a winner. Cry me a river. It's been one of the oh, best. That's it. Thanks for your uh, your efforts tonight, Cuz. You've been super. Lovey. Hey, <laughs> great performance super. from you. Yep, oh, I'm, hang uh, on. I'm... So, does that make me B grade? If he's no, A grade, not at all. Lovey's always an A grader. Cuz, debatable. But you. You're getting better. Roll the sure. credits, as they say. I think your uh, your mum will be proud of your appearance and efforts tonight, cuz. Um, and I thank your mum for, for jumping on and joining us, mate. It's been uh, been a good chat. And we can't have a show without our good mate Robert Wine. We started a couple of days <laughs> no, earlier, and mate, he still came on. So it's fantastic. Um, it's great. He, he's love loving being part of uh, being part of our show, and it keeps him keeps him up and about too. So he'll have to get on the demons as well. Um, but we're going to go out now with uh, this little snippet of, well, it's a long snippet actually, but don't believe in never. This is our go time, days. demons. See you, boys. Go, days. See you, lads.
57 years and uh, something the club has been building for a long time and um, that's for every fan right there, Melbourne fan who's been, you know, um, embarrassed to sort of wear the Melbourne Footy Club logo and, um, you know, to put the club back on the map and to be first is um, something that we've strived for for a long time and um, to be a part of this is just, um, yeah, it's, it's unbelievable to be honest, yeah.
Broken frets. Problem with my gogo mobile. Gogo mobile. Problem with my gogo mobile. And I was wondering if G O G G O. Problem with my gogo mobile. And yeah, yeah. No, not the dark. Not the dark. <laughs> I always think it's the dark. 